Juggalo Championship. That's it. So, Bryson, you said you want to volunteer to get drafted to fight Iran because he's been, he's feeling very patriotic. Because you think Trump did nothing wrong. Do you want to talk about this a little bit more? You said Tessa Blanchard is a good Hulk. Tessa Blanchard is on the right. Yeah. <laughs> well, quite literally. Yeah, quite literally. All right. <laughs> Take your fucking feet off of the stand. No, I do uh, not believe that at all. Tessa Blanchard said the N-word on Twitch. On Twitch? Yeah. <laughs> Red Orton are probably gonna. Red Orton's gonna divorce his new yeah, wife. He's gonna and, start. Uh, he's start gonna start cheating on his wife with Tessa. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like the Batista just like how thing. she cheated on Ricochet. No, it's the new Batista thing. Like Batista's fucking dating. Uh, what's her face? Dana Brooke. Yeah, Dana Brooke, and now Randy Orton's gonna divorce his wife and leave all of his kids and start dating fucking Tessa Blanchard. But Randy Orton doesn't have a fourteen inch penis, so fuck him. <laughs> hey, dude, that's all speculation. Again. That's all speculation. I think. I think I hope for the Hall of Fame once Batista gets fucking inducted, he just pulls down his pants and shows that everybody is fucking. Or he just does it like nonchalantly at the end of his speech. He just pulls out his hands and goes this big. Or like like I said. Oh my god, dude! Oh, I hope so, so much. Like I said, so much. Let him just make a mistake on some sort of number where he accidentally says it, and just like that's the that's like the whole. Instead, because he's a ten time champ. Instead of of saying he's a ten time champ, I'm a ten inch champ. I I mean, uh, I'm a fourteen inch champ. I mean. That be that's the way to do it, Batista. I know you're listening. <laughs> Come on, Dave. Anyways, uh, welcome back to another episode of Los Ringovenables podcast. Uh, this is Roberto with Drew and Bryson. We're not doing intros anymore because apparently uh, it's hard to come up with good ones. A good know. one only comes by once in a lifetime. When we have funny ones, we'll do it. When we have a good. If I ever come up with a really good one, we'll, we'll do save it. it for special ones. Yeah. All right. So. First thing that's happened that we need to update our loyal listeners to, Tessa Blanchard is a racist. Yes. Let's talk about this. Uh, spat and called someone the N-word. In Shout out to racism <laughs> on the internet because no, it's spat. actually really funny, but not really, though. Don't, no. don't be racist. Don't be racist. Don't be racist. No, she spat in Thunder Rosa's face. Yeah. She called somebody the N-word yeah, in th- Japan. Yeah, spat. Thunder Rosa. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she's like the Puerto Rican. She, yeah, she's Afro Latina. She's, yeah. she's super cool, though. Oh, she's Her super sick. I have she's never way seen her. better than Tessa. Fuck she, Tessa. Had a match, she had a match in um, NWA this week with ODB. Yeah. Which was really It was actually a good match. It's really cool. She's good. So Wait, ODB's also in TNA, right? Or Impact, Impact Wrestling? Yeah. yeah. I think she's just a freelancer, though. Yeah. I don't think she's actually signed. Yeah. But isn't she like a mainstay in Impact, though? No. Anyway, because no, her, she her and uh, her and Ty are like wrestling or some shit. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess now they are. I, dude, yeah. I haven't kept up with Impact. I'm, yeah. I'll be honest with you. Like, I just like what the so, stuff I see on Twitter. See, yeah, speaking, that's how it is. With speaking me of Impact, tonight is hard to kill. Do you guys think because do you think with all this stuff, does Tessa Blanchard take the title or yep. does Sammy Callahan? No, I think Impact wants to. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not because this isn't 2016 Impact. If it was 2016 Impact, I'd say yeah. she's definitely winning. Yeah. Because that's why, like, when Sammy Callahan hit Eddie Edwards in the face with a baseball bat and he got all that hate. Yeah. They still started really pushing him, so they were trying to do like that edgy product kind of thing. Yeah. But I think this is a true enough situation that if Tessa Blanchard is the one to win, I think she'll get some backlash from the IWC. Okay. And I think it'll do nothing but hurt Impact right now. Okay. So I think with that being said, Sammy Zane's pro, or Sammy Callahan Ooh. is going to retain. Sammy Can- Callahan retains, and then RVD steps up because RVD is the greatest heel in Impact. If you're not watching Impact's YouTube clips to see how 
horny and gross that old man is. He's horny, gross, and stoned all the time. And his heel work is funny. Like, and he's, he's got having, a wife and a girlfriend. He's having a match with uh, Brian Cage, and it's all because Brian Cage had a backstage interview. He's and, polyamorous, and that's his gimmick? Yeah. yeah and, like, <laughs> no, so, like, the reason why RVD and Brian Cage have an issue right now is because Brian Cage was doing an interview in the back. And they were sitting on a couch, and then um, Katie Forbes and RVD came on the couch and just started making out right during Brian Cage's interview, so he got mad. And then Rob and that's Van Dam, the storyline. Yeah, Rob Van Dam was like, <laughs> you're being a prick and you're not that good. Yeah, and everyone's like, using my relax. moves. Yeah. yeah, so he got mad at him, and then now they're having a feud, apparently, which is going to be cool. Well, RVD is just... like fucking pushing 50. Yeah, yeah. RVD is just... Well, there. RVD and Moose had a fucking little feud because yeah. Moose used a move that RVD used back in the day. Yeah, because RVD... And he's like, you're still in my moves! Yeah, because that's his whole thing right now. He's like, I... I invented every his, junior move. Yeah, that's what he's saying he did. Um, that's our impact corner. Now, the most important thing that happened, um, so... Wrestle Kingdom. Us on the podcast were too stupid um, to have recorded last week's episode at a better time. We should have recorded the episode after Wrestle Kingdom yeah. to talk about Wrestle Kingdom. So now, because we're dumb, we're going to talk about Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom. Kingdom. Even though the last episode was being recorded as Wrestle Kingdom was about to start. Yeah, we should have <laughs> waited to record until Sunday after or Monday, Wrestle Kingdom. Or Monday, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but didn't you guys say you guys were busy or some stuff? Probably. Who knows? We, I wasn't busy at 3 in the morning. <laughs> anyway. I was going to be up at 3 in the morning. Yeah, Berto's the one who quit early during re- night, one, night one of Wrestle Kingdom. Me and, me and Bryson stuck through it. Um, so let's talk about Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, what do you guys think of it being two nights? I mean, thought like, it worked. I thought it worked out really I think well. it was cool. Uh, the only thing, though, is like especially with the title match, is if, like, if the title match is going to be on night two, it has to be a fucking... Five to six star banger, or else it's gonna be underwhelming. At least to me, I still even though it. even though night even though Naito and Okada was really good, I mm-hmm. still don't think it was as good as Ibushi and Okada on yeah. night one. Yeah, that's I, also my personal opinion. Yeah, which I think could be used for like good storyline because like Ibushi didn't win either nights, which sucks. And she he kind of got the short end of this whole situation. <laughs> so like. Him at least like using that, being like Naito, like I blew you out of the water, like give me a shot for the double title. If he decides to do it, could be kind of cool. Um, I just want Jay White to sign with WWE <laughs> and then have Ibushi take over as the leader of the Bullet Club. That'd be cool. And then have Kenta and Ibushi as a tag team. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was really. Team Break Your Neck. It was really good though. The show started off with um, night one, the official show started off with Jushin's match, his final match. He brought out all his buddies. Wait, are you talking about night one or night yeah, two? Night one. night one. This is the main card. Um, Dushin had his last couple matches this weekend. He had joined with Sasuke and Tiger Mask and went against and somebody else. Or, uh, uh, was it the samurai guy? No. no it yeah, was, uh, I can I can look it up. It's fine. And uh, Tatsumi oh. Fujinami. Okay, so really... it was Mayu Iwatani and uh, that was oh, no, that Stardom was Stardom. Match. Yeah, so Stardom. It was a dark match. Um, and then there was the Young Lions match. Yeah, which had Toby uh, Toby Makabe in it, right? Yeah, Toby Makabe. Yeah, that, is that was that was okay. That, like he needs I, to stop tanning for the love the, of God. The Young he Lions. Is, he's Hulk Hogan orange yeah. right now. The Young Lions matches are cool. Um, I'm excited to see kind of that Polynesian guy who's a young lion. Toe Hanare. Yeah. Hanare is dope. Toe Hanare, cool. Carl Fredericks, and Carl, uh, Clark Connors. Are and I think Carl Fredericks and Clark Connors could make an amazing tag team. Because yeah. Clark, or uh, Carl Fredericks, he's got like that old school spot, like uh, version to him. Yeah. Whereas Clark Connors is a little bit more explosive and a little bit more like yeah. in your face. So I think they could make for a really cool tag team dynamic. Yeah. yeah. I also think that... Uh, 
Carl Fredericks is going to be one of the bigger stars in Japan in the next like five years. Also, jumping forward a little bit, there's two new yeah, young lions that got brought out um, this first night too. Uh, two Bullet Club young, like only they're two new Polynesian guys. I don't know who they are. Yeah. They didn't really mention their name, but Tomatonga brought them out with them. Um, they were sitting down. There was a weird shot where like one of them actually looked like super interested in the match that was going on. Like the camera just cut to him at some point. Um, I think it was during the Okada Abushi match. One of them was like watching the match like intensely and like being stoked. The other one was just sitting there on his phone. And I was so bummed. I was like, ah, that's wrestling fans in a nutshell, dude. I know, but it's like one of them is either super interested or the other one's like, yeah, look at the other one. They're on their phone. You're a young lion who's in like one of the better, like this, one of the best, like as far as wrestling quality goes. Like, well, you also have to remember if they're, lion, if they're young lions and stuff, they're probably super indoctrinated into it. Yeah. And they probably have to watch the rehearsals of the matches and stuff, too. That's so true. It's probably not as exciting to them as it is to us. That's true. But yeah, Dude, I'd be fucking stoked. Yeah. Do you kidding oh, me? Well, I would, too, but you also... I mean, I'm a, we're also huge wrestling fans. Yeah. These guys are probably just indoctrinated into it through family whatever. But yeah, um, it was cool. That young lions match was really cool. It was a good way to get the show started. Um, and the young lions won. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, next up was a uh, was uh, Tenzan and Kojima defeating uh, Yuji Nagata and uh, Nakanishi. And that was the that was a pre show match. Yeah, that was uh-huh. also a pre show match. And yeah. then moving forward, I think the first match um, was just a bunch of old heads. Yeah, well, well, Naoki Sano, Naoki yeah. Sano, Otani, Takaiwa, and uh, Taguchi. Taguchi versus. Uh, Jushin Liger, Liger. Thunder, or uh, Tiger Mask, the Great Sasuke, and, and Tatsumi yeah. Fujinami. Yes, it was really that cool. Is <laughs> it was crazy that Taguchi took like pinned. Well, it's because he's the youngest guy, so uh, yeah. it's it's always the honor in Jap- Japanese it, wrestling for the old guy to do the job. Yeah, it just makes mm-hmm. sense, but it is it was just surprising because I forget that Taguchi wrestles and is he's still like relatively young, even though he's like thirty eight. Yeah, uh, him and Finn Balor were a team at one point. Apollo yeah. fifty five was kind of cool. Um, anyway, Back yeah, the, that match was really cool though. It was really cool that like Jushin, like I know it's like the Japanese like respect thing, but like if you had a star in WWE who was as big as Jushin is, who was doing a retirement match, who had been wrestling for that long, like I don't see someone like let's say Hulk Hogan was like twenty years younger. Hulk like, Hogan's the wrong example because Hulk okay. Hogan was a huge politician. But you know what I mean? Like I mean like a what big, like Shawn Michaels? A big no, like, even Shawn Michaels is a huge politician. Yeah, like I, I would say a little more along the lines of somebody like. Like, a big Western star, I wouldn't see doing that same thing at a big show, like, for their retirement match and all. Like, they don't, like, it's not the same. Yeah, well, the the thing is that WWE doesn't have a direct comparison because every top guy has always been a politicker. Yeah. Well, uh, unless you consider, like, Cena now. Yeah, so yeah. it's just, like, a cool, like, it's just, like, a cool difference in spec. Well, like, and not to mention, that. the WWE, it's a lot different, too, because nobody truly ever retires in WWE until they die. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, they get signed like to a Michaels. Legends contract. Yeah. Shawn Michaels literally went nine years without wrestling. Yeah. And he wrestled, he, he like, retired pretty much close to, like, the end of his prime. And it, what, he had the perfect retirement. Yeah. His retirement and Ric Flair's retirement were two of the best retirements ever. And, and they, they both yeah. got fucked fucking up. Yeah. ruined it. Well, Ric Flair ruined it himself by going to TNA. TNA. But yeah. Shawn Michaels <laughs> ruined it for money because he's a money-hungry douchebag. Just well, like he also, yeah, well, he also just took money from the Saudis because, yeah, yeah. Why not? Um, but, yeah, Jushin's match was really good. Um, it was awesome. It's just great. Like Wholesome. He had a yeah, good, it was a good. It was a good opening it match, an and awesome, it's solid for tire for Liger. Because awesome it's interesting, weekend. is if you think about it with Wrestle Kingdom, they never decide to start with like fucking banger matches. They always yeah. they always start with like they ease you in. Yeah. To like the top matches, except yeah. for it, it, when they do like the junior titles matches. That's <laughs> right, matches but that also hasn't over. happened yeah. in like three years. True. 
Yeah. And then the match, next match was Suzuki Goon. Yeah, so Suzuki Goon with uh, ZSJ, yeah. Suzuki, and Tai Chi yeah. uh, with Desperado defeating LIJ, which was uh, Sonata Evil, Shingo, and Bushi. Very cool match. Um, this set up for the next night's match where uh, Shingo, Abushi, and uh, Evil were in a three man tag team for the Never Openweight Six Man titles. The, the battle. Which means the nothing. Yeah. It means nothing, those titles. The Never Division, Never Openweight Division, Never Openweight titles, Never Openweight whatever. Well, the, the three man titles I agree with. The six man titles. Yeah, three man titles, titles, titles are kind well, of. Well, the, the Never Openweight uh, can matter, though. Well, it, yeah. it matters when it's used in contacts like with Will Ospreay. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be a title that transitions you from a junior heavyweight okay. to a full fledged heavyweight. And the open weight, because the open weight can be held by anybody. Yeah. It doesn't matter weight weight class. It doesn't yeah. matter anything. It doesn't matter if you're a tag guy. Yeah. Anybody can hold that title, and that's what's supposed to, like, see if they can either hang with, heat hang or... Hang with, yeah. with the heavyweights. Yeah, Makes exactly. Sense. And but so, yeah. like, that's why I think this whole Kenta... Or, we'll get to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that match was really cool, though. Um, it just really sets up for... It was just foreshadowing for the next night. <clears throat> um Going in Raw podcast was talking about how they didn't like this. Don't talk about other podcasts on our podcast. I'm just mentioning it. This is just other people's opinions. Keep, some people keep I've their heard, podcasts out of your fucking mouth. Yeah, they didn't give us money. So fuck them. They don't some, hear us. Some people I've heard um, <laughs> talked about how they didn't like these first matches because they feel like on Wrestle Kingdom you shouldn't really have those big tag matches. You should just put everything on one card and just have all that stuff. I would. I prefer to see this match just because at least you got to see. Um, Zach win with a submission, yeah, mm-hmm. and then Sonatas kind of ran him out of the ring, sets it up, still being a shithead heel. Well, and also with these tag match. matches, it gives everybody a showcase. Everybody a showcase for their talents, yeah, and plus everybody gets a payday. So yeah. everybody there's gets literally a, nothing wrong with. But it. then yeah. there's the thing too is like you end up seeing situations where like they end up kind of like if you guys didn't notice like they kind of protected Suzuki, yeah. Because he still was technically in a match, but he really wasn't in the match very much. No. And then that set him up for basically ha- like having, having a showcase, to- having the energy to then show up later on. Yeah. When we'll get does. to that. Yeah. Yes. Very well, cool. yeah, that's how New Japan uses tag teams other than tag matches mm-hmm. or um, <laughs> tag title matches. Yeah. Tag matches like are used to protect other guys. Yeah. So you'll get like a top guy, so say Minuka Suzuki, mm-hmm. with like the guys who are more the feeder guys for their uh, stables. Yeah. Like Tai Chi and El Desperado. Yeah. And uh, same thing with like Chaos. You'll see like uh, Will Ospreay team with Toriyanu and yeah. somebody and like uh yeah. Fucking what Yoshihashi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because in every stable you have a pin eater, mm-hmm. uh, you have a top guy and you have mid card guys. Yeah. And tag matches inside of New Japan, outside of tag title matches, don't matter. Yeah. They're just showcases. Yeah. And then up next. That's a way to further storylines. Yep. And um, then no, up, uh, up next was uh, eight man tag team with uh, Chaos, um, which was Goto, Ishii, Toriyanu, and Yoshihashi beating, Beast, uh, beating the Bullet Club, which was Kenta, Bad Luck. Um, Takahashi and Chase Owens. Yeah. Only thing this match did, other, literally the only thing this match did was to set up Kenta versus Kota. Uh, yeah. Kota. Yeah. That's um, it. That yeah. match wasn't even that good. It was yeah. okay. It was okay. I, like, I'm really, prior to this Wrestle Kingdom, I wasn't really familiar with Goto in general. Um, cool just to see him wrestle, especially with, like, someone like Ishii, who, like, you know they're, like, friends. Like, in a weird way, he's kind of like the gatekeeper of the heavyweight division. He really he's, like, is. the unsung yeah. gatekeeper. Him and uh, Goto and Ishii are really kind of, like, this weird kind of gatekeepers yeah. of, like, well, transitioning, think, like, helping transition talent to the heavyweight yeah. division and I think in the one, best way because they well, are both also incredible workers. probably two of the most underrated guys during the G1 season as yeah. well because yeah. they're incredible. they put on great matches, they do all this stuff. Yeah. I think if Ishii and Goto became a full-fledged heavyweight tag team, that'd be cool. I think they could 
run roughshod over the division. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, could you imagine how amazing fucking G.O.D. versus Goto and Ishii would be? Yeah, I'm sure it's happened to Tag League at some point. But Na- yeah, Next would be broken. Yeah, it'd be super good. Everybody um, will end up like Ishii with, with like, no, no neck. neck and, like, just fucking just, like, up-floating head and, and like, yeah. shoulders. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was a good match. Um, that's okay. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was like an I said, it was a, it was a literally a match to set up another match. But That's still all there was like, to it. But see, this is what I like about Wrestle Kingdom is that it still gives it still allows people paydays to yeah. get on Wrestle Kingdom and to showcase even if they don't have any storylines except for like the case of Kenta and Goto. Yeah. But that way, they still get a payday and still get a showcase even if they're not in the match for like more yeah. than two to three minutes at a time. Or they might set up like a match to where they showcase the guys that don't maybe they may uh, may not have a storyline like mm-hmm. moving forward to the next night or yeah. moving forward to like New Year's Dash, yeah, um, to allow them to get some TV time. Mm-hmm. But then if they have like guys like Goto or um, or like the BC with like Kenta and stuff, then they are protected. They still get a match and yeah. then they get a double pay, yeah, which is kind of cool. Um, and then up next, I think it was the tag match. Yep, uh, it was a heavyweight Finn tag Juice, match. Finn versus God. Yeah. God. Finn Juice won. Um, this kind, is of kind of surprising, but yeah, it was I, surprising. I'm not surprised. It was surprising, but it also is just like Juice has a match the next day, so it's kind of just like foreshadowing. Like he's he's at least leaving with the title, which makes yeah. with a title. Um, again, I feel like New Japan's tag division, like kind of New Japan's tag division, is fucking garbage right now. Yeah, it's falling. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's on. It's, it's I would put it on par with the WWE like yeah. main rosters. Yeah, right now it's a bummer. It's bad. Their well, junior yeah, tag division just, is okay, but well, it's like, like well, well, their junior division is a lot better than their heavyweight because yeah, yeah. their heavyweight's got like four teams. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like Finjuice, God, fucking who else? Who's a who's the Suzuki Goon heavyweight? Uh, Taichi and um, Zack Saber Junior. Because they're going to start tag team. Yeah, Tai Chi and ZSJ. Because they competed in ZSJ. 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 They competed in um, the tag league together and did pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then for Chaos, you got guys like uh, Toriano. Yeah. <laughs> Yano and Cole Cabana. Exactly. Cole but Cabana. that's that's why it needs such a revamp. And I yeah. think that's that's been the, probably my biggest issue with New Japan in the last like two years. They haven't yeah. revamped Is they time. ever since losing the Elite and those yeah. guys, they haven't. But they also lost guys like. Rapungi Vice. Right. And yeah. then... Best friends. And then, like, um, the Suzuki uh, yeah. tag match of Killer Elite Squad and stuff yeah. like that. Well, not to mention somebody else from uh, uh, Suzuki Gun just retired early in the year. Mm-hmm. But instead of bringing in new talent, they're focusing on their dojo, which is great. Yeah. But that doesn't help in the meantime. It's yeah. it's they're in a rebuilding stage right now. Yeah, which is, yeah. Which, which is rough because I mean the because the, it's growing the pains with, with every rebuilding stage though. This is what ended up happening in NXT back in like 2016. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, not to mention ROH is going through with ROH hasn't been able to recover since the Elite. Yeah. Nor do I think they're going to recover no. by adding people like fucking Dan Math and yeah. having PCO win the world title. I love PCO. Yeah. But he's retiring next year, and having a dude that's about to retire hold the world title... Should have been Brody. It should have been Brody. It should have been that Marty. Would've been, that would have been cool. Or even, like... Marty's been yeah. loyal to Ring of Honor, yeah. even after, like, the Elite guys left. He could have had his contract bought out by AEW if he really wanted to. Yeah. If he really wanted to... WWE would have bought his contract out, I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. But he's been staying with ROH. He's been helping them rebuild. Yeah. And they're just like, ah, fuck him. Well, yeah. it's not even rebuilding. They were just in a sinking ship, and he's just been trying to keep it afloat. Well, and apparently, he's thinking about re-signing, because... ROH is offering him WWE main roster money. Whoa. Meaning that Sinclair is just going to shell out a shit ton of money for him. 
and then and this, this is gonna, probably going to be their last ditch effort. Yeah. Okay. Well, j- just to put in uh, just to put it in perspective, how bad Ring of Honor is doing right now. Their final battle had less than a thousand people at the at the event. Do you know how that many? That was people? yesterday, right? No, it was last uh, last Sunday. Because oh, yeah, no, they were was, showing it on TV yesterday. Yeah, because because they were doing it for free. <laughs> I was at I was yeah. at round one, and it was showing up on like the on. Uh, but that's how desperate cable. for views they are, dude. Ring of Honor's releasing this shit for free. Yeah. Um, Alex Shelley was on TV. Yeah. While I was playing video games. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, at, uh, Final Battle, they had less than a thousand people in attendance. Yeah. And the pay per view rate was like twenty five hundred. Yeah. It was bad, dude. Yeah, rough. Like I guarantee that money they made from that didn't even pay the wrestlers. Yeah. I guarantee Sinclair had to pay money for them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's rough. That um tag match though. It was okay. It was, it was okay. all right. It was fine. I thought it was actually pretty good. I liked the storytelling. Mm-hmm. I liked. Um, I don't know. I think. I think Juice Robinson and Finn, David Finley are both mad fucking corny. Yeah. Fuck. But Juice Robinson's dude, new facial hair shit. Also, like the handlebar um, mustache. What the fuck? Also, like David Finley's hair is like weird greasy. to me. It's like it's like greasy, but it's like. Is it braided? Because it straight up just looks like individual, like individual. I don't know, dude. Hair. That was bothering me that yeah. night too. Is is yeah. that is that just hair extensions that are just put on like very I he, badly? I think we determined when we were watching it live. We said that it looks like there's some hair extensions in there somewhere. I, I don't know. Dude. It it's might like be... hair extensions from the root, and then it just yeah. goes straight thin out. Yeah. But yeah, um, I mean, they won the titles. It'll be interesting to see because um, are they transitional champions? Yes. Or? There's no yeah. doubt in my mind that they're transitional. They're having champions. they're having a match with. Um, at New Year's Dash, jumping ahead a little bit, they set up for Tanahashi and Ibushi versus them. Kind of cool. That'll be yeah. cool. That Anyways. match is going to be great. I think... I, think I don't they'll. know. Uh, Juice Robinson, the Japanese like him because he's a good popper for the kids and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But outside of that, he's not like... He's not spectacular by any means. Well, he is. I mean, if you think about it, he kind of is a New Japan guy. He went to the dojo. He was in the dojo for a while. Well, yeah. Became a young lion, yeah. and then he just kind but of made his still way like, up there. He's he's trying to do too much of a Western gimmick. He's too gimmicky. He's too colorful. Yeah, he's, he's too like entertainment based. Yeah, I think Juice could have a solid run again in WWE or Impact. I think he but could have an impact. That's yeah. kind of like the one thing New Japan is missing, though. Is like kind of that gimmick. Guy. But the thing is, is New Japan's always been shown as more as a, a legitimate sport, sport yeah. not entertainment. Juice but Robinson. We is can about, get onto that later. We need to get quick. through this. this yeah, is just Juice Robinson <laughs> is about uh, two corny steps away from having a blow up little uh, like the same things that Bailey had come out. The oh, inflatable yeah. fucking inflatable used cars. Yeah, yeah the used cars too. He's, he's about like three corny steps away from three corny levels away from starting to come out into the ring with that. He's um, about three corny levels away from turning into Toriano without any of the fun. That's true. Uh, what was the next match? Let's move uh, on. Mox versus Archer. I know you were a big fan. It was a good match, but it wasn't. Archer's Everybody not, it, about, it didn't. It didn't, it didn't it live did, up to the expectation. No. And Archer, Archer's not a death match style wrestler. It didn't make like he's a he's an aggressive wrestler and like the match with Finn like like Juice was like. Like, he used a lot of, like, it was like, he's a, he, it would have been better if it was a notice qualifications match instead of calling it a Texas but match. But that's why it's, that's why it works out so well that Moxley won. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. Because Lance well, Archer's he, not a deathmatch guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, now so he's going to be match. working with a deathmatch guy. Yeah. So. It was yeah. cool. Um, 
It was a good. It was fine. It was uh, fine. Honestly, everybody, on, like, everybody on the internet talks about how it's like this amazing match. No, it, I thought it was okay. At it, best. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I'm like they use like a couple chairs yeah. and like a table. Yeah, yeah, Archer, and that's not a death match by any no. stretch no, of the imagination. It was, it was oh, like Kenny and Okada did that, and yeah. it was just like a normal a match. A normal match. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Archer, Archer fucked up his arm at the end though. Yeah. His arm was bleeding pretty significantly. It didn't look bad, but it was still well, that's no barbed wire. That's because no fucking Japan uses such two by tables, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You get ripped open by them. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was a. It, it was, was fine. It was a. It was a solid match, but it's not. It was like a WWE that match hardcore was, match. Yeah. That match was it. literally used to further a storyline. Yeah. I feel like. Um, what is Archer gonna end up doing though? He he ended up with the shit ended. I would like to this. see Archer go for the IC title. IC title. That'd be cool. I I could see him more like never open weight, or just like, to kind of like give him something oh, in the meantime to build a bit. I think he should just sign with NXT. Or Archer should start. He's, He's also like forty two. Yeah. <laughs> also, Archer should start. Like, I think it'd be really cool if Archer um, started like feuding with Zack Saber Junior over who becomes the next leader of Suzuki Gun. Because like, that's gonna have to wait until Suzuki retires, though. That's gonna be this year, though. Well, yeah, they're still not gonna start yeah, building. That's what, that well, that's what I'm hoping. Though. Like, I hope he kind of just hangs out. Or they give them that them. that they give them that um, storyline to where like Suzuki's like, okay, like yeah. this is my retirement year, like yeah. I need to start figuring out like mm-hmm. what to do with the stable, and yeah. like he starts to kind of like I start think... doing tag matches with either or TSJ they can just do or what, like what Archer. Suzuki did when he took over Suzuki Gun when it was uh, just beat the shit Kojima out. Gun, yeah. just beat him up, yeah. and then have Lance Archer because nobody's gonna be able to stop Lance Archer. Yeah, Zack Saber Junior. weighs a buck four. Yeah, it'd be soaking really cool. wet. He's a yeah. socialist soy boy dude. Yeah, because it's like. Taichi's a fat fucking emo virgin. I He's a Final cool. Fantasy VII character. Nobody dude. else in Suzuki Gun yeah. other than Suzuki could logically beat Archer. I Archer think... should just go in there, beat everybody, or beat the shit out of Suzuki, throw him out, throw Zack Saber Jr. out and say, yeah. hey, this is now Archer Gun. Or Kill even it. just to like keep it, just to like keep it kind of fun, make it um have Suzuki and Archer keep teaming together. Because they've done that tag team. They tagged in the World Tag League. Yeah, they could that would be really sick, but yeah. I I, I, I also think that Suzuki's gonna win the US yeah. title from Mox. Makes sense. Anyway, speaking of that, Moxley came, or uh, Suzuki came out after the match. No, hit. no, that this was that, that oh, was night two. God yeah. damn it! Yeah. Anyways, so. moving on. This was uh, the return of Hiromu uh, Takahashi versus uh, Will Ospreay for the uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. One of the best. Very matches yeah, honestly, like one of the best matches. Had it not been. For Kota Bushi and Kazuchika Okada, this would have been match of the night. I still think it was on par with it. I it was definitely on par. And Will Ospreay and Hiromu have such amazing chemistry in the yeah. ring together that everything they do it just looks so natural. Yeah. You can tell Close. that Will so Ospreay well. loves wrestling Hiromu. Yeah. You can tell Hiromu loves res- wrestling Ospreay. Yeah. The whole everything everything about that match, nothing goes slower than hundred miles an hour. Yeah. I loved how they st- they started telling the story about the neck and stuff, which yeah. was really cool. Yeah. And then um so if debuted you, a new finisher, Time Bomb 2. Time bomb. To me, it's the Daryl Driver, but hey. Time <laughs> Bomb 2. Very cool. <laughs> Keep it simple. He hit the Time Bomb. Uh, Will Ospreay kicked out, and then he hit him with the Time Bomb 2. Very cool. Yes. Um, uh, Takahashi is now the new uh, yeah. junior heavyweight champion. And then up next we will had, hold it for a long time. Yeah. And then up next, we had Naito versus Jay White. Solid match. Super, they're great together. Yeah, um, very good. Naito ended up winning. He is now the IC champion again. That um, pop-up spine dresser he is. He hit a really cool... Naito... Tetsuya Anderson, dude. He hit a... <laughs> well, if we're te- speaking in, ge- in general Japanese terms, it technically would be Naito uh, Anderson. Because in, Jap- in Japanese, it's... Their last class. names are their first names? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, so yeah, every time be. if you hear a Japanese yeah, commentator, say, Naito Tetsuya... Yeah. They, Naito. Yeah, he did this like weird... It was like he threw uh, JY into the rope 
smacked his sides, picked him up, and just delivered it. Such a cool spine buster. He also did that cool little sequence in the corner where he um, kicks out the legs, tricks out the legs, and yeah. jumps over and was going for the, the drop combination. kick. Yeah, he was like going for that drop kick, and then Jay White was like covering up, scared, and then Naito was just standing over him, and, and they like, just drop kicked him. It was so good. <laughs> and it was like a fast, good drop kick. Well, it's like I've said, I love Naito's character work. I yeah. think he's a great personality. I think he's got great ring psychology. Yeah. I just don't think he's that great of a worker. I think but I think when he's with the right opponents, yeah. I think like Jay White, like Jay White and Okada. Yeah, it was really cool. But um, so but after, that match apparently is what got the interest in him from WWE because WWE really wants to sign Jay White now. Really, the Switchblade could be cool to see in uh, the Blade Runner could be cool to see in WWE. I just like that move. Yeah, imagine? but then here's the thing: who's going to end up doing it, him or the Fiend? No, him, because it's because the Fiend pretty much just does the Mandible Claw now. Oh, that is he true. Well, what? he does a Sister Abigail, but as it's a like transitional a, move. But it's a flatliner. But then that's the thing: is if it's a transitional move for the Fiend, then how can you how can you make that a believable finisher for somebody else? Just, I mean, the same way that or, everybody oh. now uses a super kick, and Dolph still uses it as a finisher. Or just start using. Yeah, but Dolph doesn't win matches. Let, <laughs> let Jay White start using the Kiwi Crusher. In WWE. He's too small to do that in WWE. No, he's nets. not, dude. He's, he's not buff. Very big. He's, he's like, buff, yeah, but I mean... But look at Seth. But, I mean, could you... Look I, at Seth. True. But could you... I, that's why Seth doesn't do, like, the Seth Walker anymore. He's not big enough. That's why he does a striking move in the curb stomp. Okay. He's not big enough to do, like, God's Last Gift or anything anymore. Yeah. Also, um... It's just not believable. And I think the same thing with Jay White would apply. And I, But I think Jay White, his, like, that snap uh, flatliner he does... Is so sick. Plus, the like snap Saito he does. Yeah. His Saito suplex is one of the coolest things ever. And I think if he did that along with like, I don't know, like a maybe like a ripcord elbow strike or something as a finisher because he's got really good strikes. Yeah. Jay White and Adam Cole might be a dream match. Exactly. It might be re- that would be really cool actually, especially well, with, like Jay White versus Johnny Gargano would be amazing. Yeah. Jay White could really do Gargano, honestly. But he puts he, on he got, he got really stale just because of his injury, though. If you yeah, think about this it. week he cut a promo against Prince David on NXT. <laughs> eh, don't care. Well, he, <laughs> honestly, dude, I'm just worried about him getting the Kenta treatment because of injury. Well, that's the biggest thing. Is like, mm-hmm. um, my that's one of my bigger issues with NXT is they run characters stale into the ground. Yeah, and then and then they call him up. Then they call him up like a like, year okay, or two cool. late. Yeah. Um, up and then for the final match of night one, Okada and Ibushi. Goddamn, goddamn! I said goddamn. So good. I, um, once Naito won, I kind of had a feeling that they weren't going to change. They weren't going to switch the heavyweight title and then have it switch the next day. I had a feeling Okada was going to take the win. But shout out to Okada coming out in new ring gear. Yeah, mm-hmm. super. His entrance was so good. The rain coming down and then the umbrella and then the weird little demons coming. I, I, the only reason why I know this so well is because I watched it literally yesterday, twice <laughs> because it's so fucking cool. Um, I rewatched this. I've rewatched um, the Naito, the Hiromu. I rewatched the home Hiromu match the day after WrestleMania Night One because it was so good. And I love that Okada. He went from wearing shorts to pants to shorts. Now he's wearing smaller trunks. His he's gonna start wrestling naked soon. His, he's wearing a cup. His coat was so cool. It was his like reflective. Was it was like glow in the dark. Yeah, that glow in the dark thing. I wonder like how they got it done. Did they have like a like purple know. lights like on the side of the know, fucking ramp or something? He, it it looked really fucking sick. sick. The looked, camera angle. Yeah. That like main camera angle that they use, well, and then like, they like shot it through in the middle. Yeah. Well, like now it's like. Almost Almost like Okada's like transitioning into being the wrestling Saiyan god. Like he's basically well, that's a super Saiyan. Well, he basically point, is. I mean, so he's held the title basically he's nonstop for Tekken eight years. Fucking god, he, he, he is, is king. He, he is, is king from Tekken, dude. He is Goku. But and what's really cool, what I really like about how they treat Okada and stuff, yeah, is everything he does matters. Feels like it's a championship fight. Yeah, 
And like even when he said he's like before the fight happened, he was like, I don't want the Intercontinental title. He's like, this world title means more than yeah, the Intercontinental it, title. He's like, I don't want it. Well, that's always been Okada's position. Yeah. He's, he's always said he doesn't want any other title yeah. ever in New Japan. It's cool. He wants like, the IWGP heavyweight. The only so problem the with that, that statement, though, is like, at what point is he not going to be in the title contention? But he'll, least, dude, he'll never think, not be in the title I think contention, he'll be, at least for the next, like, eight years. He's going to be the Tanahashi of the fucking... Yeah, dude, yeah. he's 30. Yeah, he'll be in the title contention until he leaves New Japan. Yeah, I think. I think he's gonna I be similar. I don't think he's ever gonna leave New Japan. Though. I think he will. I think it'll be similar to. He'll him. sign by WWE. He'll sign with WWE by the time he's thirty-five. The, but definitely. the only thing is, like, the only exception to that rule was Shinsuke. But other than that, what other like mainstay in New Japan Kushida. has? Carl mm. Anderson. No, I, I, Carl but Anderson like, went through the dojo. Carl Anderson is like a new Japan guy, technically. Like he's, no, but like I'm talking about like an Asian, like an Asian wrestler that was like mm-hmm. that was their guy. Like they don't want him to leave. Like other yeah. than Tanahashi, yeah, but also like, like there's not another Tanahashi. But also right now. WWE is a three billion dollar company, yeah. and they're making and they also tons fucking treat Asian wrestlers for the most part in the main roster like dog shit. Yeah, at least it's starting to get better. At least they don't have Nakamura doing some like yeah overly stereotypical shit like driving into the like driving down to the ring but yeah. missing the ring and hitting the fucking anyway. This <laughs> yeah. match was fucking awesome though. Ibushi yeah, and incredible. Okada they did a great job. Um, Kota Bushi fucking made me hurt. Kota Bushi's doing this new thing, which is really cool. I like it a lot. It apparently started when he hit Okada. I know you haven't stopped talking about it in a week. But it started with <laughs> it started with Okada getting hit with the uh, briefcase uh, when they were building up to Wrestle Kingdom. He basically like is starting to do this thing where he does this like trance state. In this match, it was cool because this match is an hour and it's probably it's over. No, an hour. it's thirty. It was like close to forty minutes. Close to forty. Yeah, because yeah. Okada okay. and Naito was well, like, like thirty-three. 30, or something. Well, about yeah, twenty-five like minutes in, Abushi—they're both doing insane. It's nonstop action, pretty much the whole time. Abushi just magically doesn't get tired anymore. All the sweat from his whole body evaporates, and he just turns into an android. <laughs> and he is in this trance with like this thousand-yard thousand stare, stare, super calm, and starts close fist punching Okada. In, like, the fatty parts, but still pretty... Well, like, after hard. the third strike, Okada covers himself up and starts to roll into a ball. So it's yeah. still, like, it's actually being and, super effective. And Red yeah. Shoes being the greatest referee ever to exist. No. <laughs> next Tiger, Tiger, yeah, Tiger next, Hattori. Also, you. shout Red out to Shoes. Tiger Hattori for retiring this wrestling yeah. kingdom. Red Shoes, was com- Red Shoes was, like, pulling him off him, and he's, like, threatening to disqualify him because you can't throw a closed fist in wrestling. <laughs> Apparently. But it was really cool. Let's go on to night two and let's cover night but two can quicker. We, can we also uh, look into like much how quicker. yeah how fucking many times Ibushi landed on his head that in night can, one? Yeah, true. Yeah, like that the amount weird. of times he took well, a pile driver like to was, the dome. Well, it's like, like I was telling Drew, dude. I we I genuinely think that he's probably gonna die in the ring. I think if Ibushi ever holds the IWGP Heavyweight Title, we're going to see him die during that ring. He's he's gonna just go straight Shibata. He's yeah, going dude, to he'll do. just he'll go further than Shibata. Shibata. Yeah, and legitimately break his neck. I think he'll start. He'll start to doing honor like, New Japan. He'll do an Android phase. He'll do like that trance state, and he'll do a PCO where he just dives into nothing and just drops straight on the floor. And but he's gonna dive onto up. his head. <laughs> then just stands up and is like, he'll do he'll do a tope con hilo, but Kay. not do the flip. Night two. Anyway, night two. All um, right. Starts off two. with uh, Jushin Liger. Do we no. want to not cover the pre-show no. and just go straight into main? Uh, okay. So no. So no. Lij. Um, yeah, we don't need to worry about the pre-show shit. Yeah. No really shit. Okay. Well, yeah. Actually, okay. Um, Hiromu 
Mm-hmm. And Rhea Lee Ray- or Dragon Lee, however yeah. you want to go about well, it. Well, he is no longer Dragon Lee. He is Ray Lee. Oh, really? Yeah, he changed it at uh, one of AAA's last things. He announced okay. that he's no longer Dragon Lee. He is Ray mm-hmm. Lee. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, uh, they beat uh, Liger and uh, Naoki Sano yeah. with uh, Taka with, beating the pin on him. Yeah. Yeah. Super sick way yeah. for cool. And, and shout out to Fujiwara just showing yeah. up and. Also, out. after the match, Liger, I think Liger said something about Hiromu being, like, the future the best, of the... Yeah. yeah, that's super cool. Um, it's awesome that he just put him over on the Yeah, right huge now. credit. Yeah. All yeah. two for Hiromu. So yeah. And, awesome. uh, all right, sick. Uh, next match was uh, Rapunki 3K, which is Sho and Yo. Yeah. Um, Rocky being their manager, uh, defeating uh, the BC, which was Taiji Ishimori and ELP, yeah. for the Junior Jim Heavyweight Jones. Tag Team Championship. Which I think is going to lead yeah. into Show Turning Hill. I am 100% over Rapungi 3K, and I want to see... That's why I think... That, You're that's over why I think, that? I want to see someone... They were... They, I mean, okay, I can understand that. They they just kind of are... They don't have character development. They no. don't cut promos. And I think... Rocky I think, doesn't even cut a promo for no. them, really. And I think Rocky being on... Like, Rocky gave, at one point in the spot... Um, the whole cup thing? Yeah, he gave he gave Show Rio one of the two. No, they already were wearing cups. Oh yeah, they were wearing cups. They went for the kick to the balls, and they just pulled out a cup. And then Rocky talks about how he's a king of sneaky style. Yeah, I feel like Rocky being so like on commentary and able to push their storylines forward and being like the mouthpiece for them, it's almost too much to where we can't develop their characters, and they're not monster heels where they don't like for though for to be a junior heavyweight. I feel like. Unless you're someone like Shingo, who's a monster and like who's like Shingo had no no right ever to be in the junior division. But I mean, like, but what I'm but what I'm saying is like when you're a small guy, yeah. having a manager can be detrimental to your character development, which I think has happened with them. But because, that's also kind of been the storyline with Rapongi 3K mm-hmm. is that them being young lions and stuff. Yeah, is that Rocky has built them up yeah. his way? Yeah, so he is. The one who is he like grabbed they, them yeah. from being young they have lions no other experience like, yeah. as like seeing, as like uh, full fledged competitors in mm-hmm. New Japan yeah. outside of Rocky. So Rocky is building them. He is Rocky is everything to Rapongi 3K. Yeah, same thing. Uh, there's no without Rocky. There's no Rapongi 3K. Without Rapongi 3K, there's no Rocky. Actually, but, there would still be Rocky true. if he if he if he still stayed in commentary and he still was. True, he uh, is a mouthpiece of chaos. Yeah, Dude. but Show with me. that being said, I think Show's gonna turn heel. Show or Yo? Because Show's going to... You don't even know the difference. What if they both turn heel on Rocky? They're not going to turn heel on each other. They're not going to... No, Show's the one with the longer hair. Yo's the one that looks like a K-pop star. Yeah. And that's... They both look like a K-pop star. No, Show's the Tanner one. Okay. Okay. There we go. And I think Show's going to turn heel, and I think they're going to start giving him a monster push. Anyways, let's go. Yeah. Um, Okay. Shout out to Rapunky 3K for winning. So sick. Very cool. Cool. Um, ZSJ versus Sonata for the British Heavyweight Championship. It was cool. ZSJ. Yeah, he beat He beat Sonata. Um, Fine match. Solid, solid match. It's not yeah. a sick. Yeah. Um, and then moving on, uh, Mox uh, versus Juice Robinson. Uh, Mox beating Juice Robinson. Very, for... very, very soundly beating him. So yeah. hopefully Juice is nowhere near a singles title yeah. for the next like five years because he's a dork. Yeah. It was. It was a cool match though. It was fun. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a match that needed to do what it needs to do. Yeah. It showed that Moxley is above Juice. And it pretty much said, hey, Juice, you're in the back of the line. Now. But it also kind of boosted AEW through New Japan. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Because and I really hope, Moxley's a huge name. I really hope they let like Moxley said, defend dude. the IWGP US title once. at a, Like, let Cody Chow- let Cody Like an, at an all-out or something? 
He had it like yeah. let him do, no, well, just like an episode of AEW. Well, like I said, dude, I'm pretty sure all the stars are aligning properly to AEW New Japan having working really. Yeah. It's it's like I, I said, just it's don't bound think to they want to announce it yet. But yeah. like before we start recording, I'm saying next year at Wrestle Kingdom, there's going to be an AEW Championship match well, at I Wrestle think, Kingdom. I also yeah, think, because the last time a fucking other promotions title got defended, it got horribly fucking. Yeah. Booed. I also with think, the ROH. Yeah. I Adam also Cole think like fucking Kyle O'Reilly. I think that's bad. I think AEW doing like at least one like similar to like Kenny Omega is a Triple A champion. He doesn't bring the belt ever, which sucks. He doesn't do anything like that. But it's like they could do something similar, but do it better with the New Japan stuff. At least like have it be on TV more than twice. In an yeah. episode well, a New Japan titles actually mean more than Triple A, who just yeah. gives their titles away to everybody. Yeah. No, Speaking of Triple A, R.I.P. Laparca. Yeah, oh, yeah. R.I.P. Laparca. Also, after this match, after Juice and yep. Mox, Suzuki came out, hit the um, Suzuki pile driver. It's not a Gotch pile driver. It's a Suzuki fucking pile. I'm I'm okay with calling it the Suzuki pile driver now. I support it. I think this podcast will no longer call the Gotch. But it's no longer the Gotch style pile driver. It is okay. the Suzuki, Suzuki style pile driver. Anyway. Um, yeah. He hit Mox with that. Um, they're challenging. Super cool the way he came out, wearing like a tracksuit, and then just slowly peeling it slowly out, slowly and seductively undressed. Well, and that's, the, that's <laughs> what's so amazing. And then it allowed the crowd to like chant that like chorus. Yeah, yeah. they did. The, well, that's what I love is that Minoru Suzuki is one of the scariest guys in professional wrestling. Yeah, and he's got the most beautiful entrance music. Yeah, that pops. It's so, it's so like every time. anthemic and like borderline poppy. Yeah, it's so fun. And but just hearing a crowd of a hundred thousand Japanese people singing Kaze Ninare is amazing. Well, thirty thousand. It was like clo- it was like even still. Yeah, regardless. it was like clo- it was like night one. They were trying to sell it as forty thousand and eight, and I'm no, like, no, no. It was night like, night one had uh, forty four thousand. Yeah, night two had thirty two. And I listened to Dave Meltzer talk about it, yeah. Uncle Dave. Um, he was saying that night one, he was seeing more people come up and buy tickets at the window because it was they didn't have to work the next. Yeah, night. because they had that Japanese holiday, so they were yeah. able to get more people on the first night. Yeah, because the second night is when it's usually traditionally held. Yeah, and people had to go to work that next day after yeah. that. Yeah, and Dave said, Uncle Dave said he did not see anyone buying tickets at the window night two. Night one, people were actively still trying to get yeah. tickets up to the event. Um, which I think is something that, like, you can just expect that for wrestling, but also Tokyo Dome only holds up to, I think it's 62, I think. If you think about it, by splitting it up in two days, you're realistically getting more total attendance. If you're just looking at raw ticket sales, you're getting more attendance by splitting it up. Because But then if you up. think about it, then that's a double payday. Mm-hmm. It's also... Uh, double merch sales. Double, yeah. double merch sales, but then... Everybody working the event itself is getting more money. Yeah, no, that's that's what I meant. As far as, like, the payday... Two, yeah. uh, two times payday for the wrestlers, which is more cost for the company. I'm not even talking about the wrestlers. Um, I'm two times about, like, cost of the venue itself. Yeah. So you have to pay for the venue and all the entrance and all the, all the yeah, logistical yeah. side of that, yeah. too. So you have to pay double for that. Yeah. And then... Um, but let's be honest here. The Tokyo Dome, New Japan is like gives them all their money. Is like what gets yeah. them all their money. So I'm sure the oh. Tokyo Dome probably works something out with them. Mm, yeah, yeah, that is also um, true. So that was really cool though. Um, up next was probably the Never Openweight Title. Yep, it Kenta. was uh, Goto versus Kenta. This Goto was, beating Kenta. This was like this was sim- this was definitely like sleeper match of the weekend. It was really good. Well, it's just everybody's talking shit on Kenta. Yeah, but I think Kenta is so. Amazing at getting heat. He's doing everything he's done since joining New Japan is redemption for his shit with WWE. And they were talking about that in commentary. Yeah, I mean they killed Shibata. He killed Shibata. Yeah, he fucking he's getting heat. He joined the Bullet Club, which got him tons of heat. Yeah, he just fucking killed Naito, so he's gonna get. He got tons of heat. Also throughout his G One run, when they had their when they went back to Japan after after the U S after that one date in the U S. 
a lot of people didn't like him because he was from Noah. And then he went to New Japan. Like, he was made to be a heel because even in those, early, in those like, early G1 runs, like, people were booing him immediately. Because um, he was a Noah guy. He was a Noah's yeah. an ace. He was the ace. Yeah, he was their it junior was, ace. It was a good match. A Goto time. took the title. Um, he hasn't lost at the Tokyo Dome for, like, six years, I think yeah. is what they were saying. Um, commentary did a hell of a job, like, just this whole weekend. New Japan commentary is really good. Like, Dude, I mean, except for Gino Bambino. His voice drives me. You don't like annoying. him? I, I actually like, did like he, him. He's, he, I think he's a solid commentator. I just hate his fucking voice. He sounds like if an, if an Australian cigarette could talk. Pretty much. <laughs> That's honestly what he sounds like. And Pretty he's much. a heel because he's a part of Bullet Club, so it makes sense if he's a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, and I remember when... Uh, move, well, yeah, I guess now moving on to the next match, which yep. was Jay White with Gato defeating Kota Ibushi. Yep. I remember when Jay White uh, beat Ibushi and he came out and he was like cutting a promo and yep. he was like, That's my man! And this yeah. and stuff like that. Actually, like... yeah. Well, um, you listen to any of, like, outside of Wrestle Kingdom, because that's, like, their big one, but any of, like, the commentary that Gino Bamido's on, yeah. he just, like, will, like, talk about the Bullet Club, and it can be a little bit much sometimes, because yeah. it's, like, it almost gets to Corey Graves' levels of cringe. I feel like he tries to channel, like, an inner Morrow too much. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying, dude. It becomes, like, Corey yeah. Graves' levels of cringe. Kevin Kelly's solid. But, yeah, um... Kevin Kelly fits Kevin Kelly's well. fantastic. Yeah. He is very, very underrated. He was, yeah. he was a, amazing a with ROH, profession. and then mm-hmm. through his working relationship with New Japan, yeah. he just ended up transitioning to I New think- Japan which was great for him um it works well for him yeah. and the commentary for new japan him rocky um and then that uh, other guy which yeah. his name's like chris something chris samson yeah yeah great yeah yeah um, they're, they're solid i think chris i think samson chris kelly being, is yeah. very underrated i think yeah. ian rick uh, ian rick is super good too when he does do his stuff with new japan yeah. anyways moving on up next yeah. we had um Jay white versus ibushi um do we want to say anything else about it we mentioned it it was jay white won it was um, a good match. It was a really good match. Yeah, like the just sneaky like, heel was, tactic stuff that worked well, too. Yeah, their I mean, G1 finals out. match was really good. They both work really well. Jay White's That's just, why this was such a good redemption story for Jay, Jay White. Jay is mm-hmm. so good. And I want Goto to go away, like him to just be by himself for a little bit, just because, like, I get sick of how every match that he's in, he's instantly rolling out, talking to Jado, like, I, Gato, I get sick of it. Like, I just want to see him in the ring having a match. He just Jay up, White? Yeah, just Jay White. I just want Jay White to be alone for a little bit. No Gato. Well, no that's Gato. the thing. is like Gato, when he was with Okada, and Okada was yeah. doing heelish stuff, that's what Gato's for. Gato's a heater. Yeah, I know. And but so, I, just, I mean, I yeah, I, I mean, I get it. I think it can definitely be a temperance to how Jay White can deliver a match. Yeah, and it's also... Like, but that's also the point, dude. Yeah. Jay White's a detestable heel. In He's, wrestling, you're, the heel is not supposed to be the most pure athlete. Yeah. The true. heels are supposed to be sneaky. Yeah, like I remember in night one, the very first move was... Uh, Gato coming up and distracting, and then yeah. and then Naito came and just grabbed him by the beard. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a good match, though. Up ne- and then the last match for Wrestle Kingdom weekend, we had. Nope, you got one more. There's one more. Oh, Chris Jericho right. Chris and Tanahashi. Tanahashi. This match was very forgettable. See, I didn't like it that much. I thought it was great. I they thought were it was both having, pretty good. They were I both having the time of their lives. Jericho gets free reign in Japan to do whatever the fuck he wants. That's true. And I think it helps his character work so much. He I calls think, him Takahashi as a yeah. diss. Also, I think that if Chris Jericho didn't originally go to New Japan in 2017, yeah. when he challenged Kenny, 
I don't think he'd be in AEW right now. Yeah. He's be, he'd be too stale, and he'd be in WWE. Yeah. But right now, because of all the freedom he had in New Japan, he's able to become the pain maker, the fucking yeah. everything else that he is. That clockwork orange-looking-ass character. Tanahashi making fun of Chris Jericho for being in Fozzie at the beginning with the pain maker stuff. <laughs> Tanahashi's funny. Yeah. But I like thought that, that was, like, really fucking quirky and, like, yeah. funny, too. I was like, but it's too rock, damn it. Dude, that match is just two rock dads fighting against each other. Yeah. That's Jer- all it is. Jer- and it was great. Jer- Jericho's body looks a little rough. Please lay oh. off the Grey Goose a little bit. No, it it's looks, the bubbly now, bro. Yeah, it's a little bit of the bubbly. It's a little bit of the bubbly. Yikes, bud. Um, but no. you also have to remember, but Jericho's nearly 50. Yeah. He, yeah. But he also said, well, he's he said it in like different situations. He wanted to gain weight when he joined Japan. Yeah. yeah. He said that, like, apparently, like, a testable heels fucking in, in Japan, they yeah. gain weight. They're, like, bigger dudes. Tai Chi. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why Chris Jericho has always been in mind for the business. Yeah. Like when he rejoined WWE in 2007 mm-hmm. and had his amazing heel run through 2008, uh, 2008 to 2010, yeah. where he like turned Shawn Michaels' eye, basically put Shawn Michaels' eye around the back of his head yeah. now because he's a dork. Um, <laughs> but he told, because he was at the time, he was wearing tights and kick pads. Yeah. And when he started talking to Vince McMahon about his heel turn, he goes, hey, Watching old Japanese shows, watching old Japan or old wrestling, the yeah. heel's always wearing trunks. Mm. I'm gonna start wearing trunks. Yeah. And so Vince McMahon was like, okay. And then that's when he started doing his like, uh, he wasn't yelling in his promos. He started talking really quietly. He started basically being what's his name from No uh, No Country from Old Men. Okay. Uh, Javier Bordom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. He'd come down to the ring in uh, suits. He'd talk quietly. Blah blah blah. That's great. Chris Jericho's great. Moving on. Okay. Yeah. And then last, the last match. <laughs> but certainly not least, Tetsuya Good. Naito versus Kazuchika Okada yep. for two belts. Yep. And now Naito. we have Naito two belts. Yeah. So cool. That was match it, was great. It was it's, a great match. If you, I mean, there's tons of other podcasts that will go into in-depth about that, I'm yeah. sure. You can watch the recount on New Japan's uh, YouTube. You can look yeah. at... New Japan's Twitter, we're not going to go too deep into that. Yeah. But it was a good match. It was, it was, it was, it was fantastic. Really good. Yeah. Um, Storyline was great. Everything Built great. up very slowly as a, as a New Japan title match usually does. Yeah. Takes anywhere from five to ten minutes to really get going. Yeah. For a lot of people, just I don't know why. I mean, I've built to kind of like learn to love it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are just kind of used to like, oh, you yeah. know, a match needs to start kicking off within the next, like within yeah. the first four to five minutes. That's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Um, if so. if you give them time, which in New Japan they get up to sixty minutes, mm-hmm. that is more than plenty enough time to, to to be able to tell a story. Yeah, and then after Naito won, we had um, Kenta come out, attack Naito, hold up both the belts, sit on his chest the same way he did with um, Shibata. Shibata, very cool. And now. Um, that was Wrestle Kingdom. That's it. Um, this really has been basically great. a Wrestle Kingdom podcast. This is a Wrestle Kingdom podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because that recap it was turned 50 into an minutes. hour and 15 minutes episode. <laughs> Real quick, what, just in general, what was, what was like your guys' favorite match of the weekend? Well, I don't have a favorite match of the weekend, but my favorite moment from this week altogether yeah. was Kevin Owens giving Jushin Liger a shout-out on Raw with, okay. the, with the Shote. Yeah. That was... Honestly, because, like, yeah, wrestlers can tweet about it, and, yeah, Jushin changed everybody's lives, but watching Kevin Owens hit a running Shote on somebody was the coolest, like, shout-out to Jushin's career. Yeah. That was my favorite thing of the week. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that me, and hearing that, or unless one of you guys are going to say it. What? Keep going. Oh, uh, no, I was just going to say um, Takahashi versus Will Ospreay for me. Amazing. So, um, 
Again, I said it before, big fan of the Kenta versus Goto match. Also, clearly, we all enjoyed the Ibushi, Okada, Ibushi, Jay White. All those matches were all great. Like, every match on wrestling was really good. I had the least amount of expectations for Kenta and Goto, just because I'm not really familiar with Goto. Kenta, like, I've seen his... I haven't watched any of his Noah stuff or, like, seen any of that, so... Um, Fuck his Noah him, stuff, dude. Him, Watch and, Bre- him and Brian Danielson. Yeah, yeah. someone got that. Yeah. Um, and then we had... I'm just going to try to remember... I watched New, New Year's Dash. Bryson also watched New Year's Dash. I didn't. I'm just going to remember notable things. We don't need it. to go over it. Yeah. We don't? It's not a big enough show okay. that I'm worried well, about it. first of all, very exciting. Uh, news from it. Uh... Shingo. Let's not be that exciting if you can't remember it off the no, top of your head. Yeah. Shingo's going against Goto. Uh, it's going to be cool for the never opening title. I want him to win the title. Yeah. Shingo's um, way of leaving the juniors yeah. division. Please. Thing, we, the, need, we need a heavyweight run. The for thing Shingo. I'm the most irritated about um, one, for some reason, Chase Owens and Ibushi are feuding. Yeah. Apparently. Uh, this is going to be a new beginnings. Um, Ibushi, this is just a way for Ibushi to also, lift himself back up from losing. Yeah. yeah also, he's just going to start beating all the fucking jobbers again. Yeah. Also, Okada and Taichi, dumb. Hate it. Fuck Tai Chi. Uh-huh. But that's uh, kind of the point, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Is like, Tai Chi is a great heel because he yeah. garners heat. Yeah. All right. So, here's the million-dollar question. We are currently at 51 minutes, 31 seconds. Yes. Do we want to go over this? Which was our original plan for this podcast, which yes. was going to be a watch-along of the very first episode, very first season of Lucha Underground. Yes. Um, um, it's a 44-minute episode. So it's not like it's so it'll turn it, this will turn this will turn into an hour and a half long episode, which yeah. is normal. A little more. We, we've yeah. done we've done hour and a half. Normal. We've done an hour yeah. and forty five. I think at one point. Yeah, we've done two hour episodes. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure the second episode was like two hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so better like fuck it, dog. You know. Yeah, let's let's Whatever. do we want to watch Lucha Underground. All right, yeah, put it on. Let's All right, it. so All right. Currently this is the pressing very play. first episode of Lucha Underground. If you want to watch it, uh, there's an app called Tubi that's on Fire Stick. It's on. We've everything. talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah we've talked about it. You can they should have paid us it. to do it, but hey, hey it's alright. Right. I'll send them um, a message on Twitter, dude. I don't give a fuck. Watch it. Um, if us you and our watch 40 it, followers on Twitter. We're just gonna Sick. recap it. Um, we'll probably start doing once a month recapping a random episode of some show. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Like once a month, expect something like this. It mm-hmm. might be an old episode of NXT from 2012. Yeah. It might be an old episode of TNA. It might be it an might... old episode of WCW just to get real weird and real. Yeah, it might be an episode. Bass, of... Bass at the beach. Who knows? Bash I might even do here. like we might even do like an epi- like a DDT show or something like that. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But just be prepared for something crazy like that. Yeah. So you better follow us. Climax from like 2011. Fuck. Yeah. So Just, we're gonna do some old random shit. Yeah. So okay. once a month, we'll be prepared. All right. If you guys, since we're we have it now playing, um, have you guys watched? Like, did you guys watch all of Lucha Underground? I've watched on? all of Lucha Underground. I have not. Okay. Consistently. I, except watched I think all, I have like, from beginning like, to zero, like yeah. beginning to end. I have not watched. Lucha I've been I've been slowly watching season one. Um, and I'm right now on episode, like, 32. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't help that season one has, like, 50 episodes. Yeah, I yeah. think it's, like, what, 44? Yeah. So, Let's find out. Lucha Underground is starting, oh. 39. Yeah. 39 episodes, yeah. Yeah. So, Lucha it. Underground, the episode starts off with this street fight happening, and then a luchador with a green mask comes in, and um, apparently, I think that was Great Muda right there, because I just saw some green mist come out of getting punched in the face after this guy got punched in the face. Um, it starts with just this vignette-type thing, um... Wait, what are you doing? Um, and then we... It does another thing where it talks about how Lucha is, like, ingrained in... Um, like, culture? Yeah, they talk about that. They talk about how the Aztec warriors used to fight. And then we finally get to the temple where we see a very skinny vampiro. <laughs> and Matt Stryker, even looking at the 
before, if you go back and you want to know more about Lucha Underground, we also covered the season finale of this season. No, we watched the Halloween episode. Yeah. The Halloween. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it was the... Uh... Yeah, but Vampiro was... Oh, no, it was... Uh, yeah, because it, yeah, yeah. it was that's the right. Pentagon Junior match. Yeah. Uh, Vampiro was a much bigger man then. This match, this show starts off, though, with um, introducing Dario Cueto, the... Uh, Proprietor. The, uh, yeah. And Basically, he, like the manager. Yeah. He's supposed to get heel heat because he is a Spaniard. Um, <laughs> that's kind of his thing. He when he speaks Spanish, he uses his really heavy lists. Um, and I don't even think he's from Spain. He's I don't not. think so either. I think he's from like Costa Rica or something yeah. like that. Well, yeah. the funny thing is, he's like not even part of like wrestling. Yeah, he's just a, an actor that fucking they like uh, casted. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that Lucha Underground honestly was like the venue is super sick. It's super sick, and I have friends that went to a couple of these tapings. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's like a sick. nice, it's like a cool warehouse. Well, yeah, this is apparently like five minutes away from Legion Hall. Yeah, how much? So did they, how much did they get? Didn't they charge like a ridiculous amount to get in and watch? Like a super small amount to get in and watch it. They just want to fill it up. Yeah, no, yeah. they were doing when they were doing the Lucha Underground live tour. Yeah. It was all free. Yeah, so that's like. Uh, Whatever, though. El Rey paid for it all. Yeah, that's kind of the one thing. Like, Lucha Underground, if they had a more sustainable business model, probably could still be doing Well, it. that's the thing, is Lucha Underground is a TV show with wrestling. Yeah. Not a wrestling company. Yeah. And it's always been presented as that. It's mm-hmm. never been a... Yeah. Yeah. And for the first episode... Because, like, when guys would, like, show up and be signed, yeah. you, you wouldn't see, like, cage side seats or the Observer saying, oh, so-and-so signed with Lucha Underground. Yeah. They just show up because... Dario Cueto's big thing is everybody's welcome to the temple to come fight. Yeah. Um, in this first episode, though, they don't unveil the title, which is I thought was kind of weird. This is um, a prize. So Dario Cueto says for the match of the night, the winner will get a hundred. The MVP of the match basically will get a hundred thousand dollars. That's their whole deal. He pulls out a briefcase. He's carrying around. He has this weird uh, key around his neck, which makes later on <laughs> it starts to become like titles aren't that important, and it starts getting to the point where like. Weird Aztec keys are the not weird. It's not weird. Aztec culture is great. Wow, bro. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, it you're being a real Tesla right now. They yeah, really dude. try to tie it in. I know. I'm being a real Hulkamaniac, brother. <laughs> but the cool, that's what. <laughs> There's that was, the fucking desk cam. So that was one of the cool things about like Lucha Underground, though, is that they didn't focus too heavily on the championship, yeah. and a lot of it was like long long term booking, along with like superstition and yeah. and that's like the one part Aztec of like television, yeah. a television writing that's actually good is like. Yeah, if they if they had like TV writers talk like wanting to write for a TV show, yeah, this is a good way to do like long term booking is yeah. adding storylines and allowing the writers to basically start a good storyline yeah. and continue that on. But that's also been an issue with Lucha Underground is that they've like written storylines and stuff that they have to fucking retcon because they have no idea how to build on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the first match is Blue Demon Junior uh, versus Chavo Guerrero. Um. Blue Damon looking like an old man. Well, he is an old man. Yeah, he's a pretty old guy. And Blue Damon Jr. no longer has a mask. I don't understand the two... So, in Lucha Underground, in the temple, they had the entrance that most people used, which was up at the top, and they'd walk through the stairs through the crowd. There was another entrance that was over by the commentary section, kind of. Yeah, it was Um, like a smaller gate kind of thing. Yeah, so they had two entrences, which I thought was kind of weird. Um... Well, it's because of Lucha Underground, dude. You don't have heels yeah. mixing with faces. Yeah. yeah, this is what I was gonna say too. It's like if they kind of want to bring like a gladiator type of uh, introduction, mm-hmm. then you keep them in two different areas. Yeah. yeah, but I think later in the show, though, everyone just comes out through the stairs. Dude, later in the show, fucking Jack Swagger has magical powers. That's true. Do you think a, a door? Do you think two entrances? Whoa, is really dude! That spoilers. Big deal? That's cool. Oh, so here's my, one of my issues. Oh, I don't yeah, think so. it can really be considered spoilers if the promotion's dead. Also, another thing. <laughs> another thing that was really cool is um, 
Lucha Underground actually, when they announced that they were going to be a thing, um, I'm not sure. This is in the very intro of the episode, which we kind of skipped through. They show Dario Cueto actually showing up to Triple Mania. He took, I think it was seven, seven wrestlers years, from yeah. AAA, and he brought them back to Lucha Underground to kind of start that. That's how it started, which was really cool. I just think that's like an awesome. Cause well, yeah, the whole ideology behind Lucha Underground, yeah. their business model was to bring in some Latin stars from like um, AAA, yeah. get them on a more recognizable, con- uh, more rec- more bigger American deal, mm-hmm. media outlet. Yeah. So they want to do the same thing with California independent wrestlers. Yeah. So that's why you see, like, in the, especially the first and second season, you see a lot of guys from like PWG and UPW and stuff. Prime like that. example right now, Rick Knox is a ref. Rick Knox is a ref. And He's the main referee for Pro Wrestling Gorilla. And after this, you have, I think the next one is... Uh, Sexy Star versus... Uh, I think the next... I said the next... Uh, sorry, I meant to say the next episode. Oh, sorry. Um, you see the debut of Cortez and Castro. Mm-hmm. And they end up getting led by B-Boy, yeah. who's another PWG alumni. Yeah. Well, also, Cortez and Castro were guys from old Ring of Honor, too. Yeah. And so, like... And then, like... They Prince were actually Puma in the WWE was, for like a bit, weren't they? Yeah. Um, then just didn't do anything with it. Prince Puma, Ricochet being a huge part of PWG. Yeah. Before this, he was never on like a mainstay television. Yeah. And so it's pretty cool. That well, it was like through this, well. he ended up in New Japan, right? Yeah. yeah. Also, Lucha Underground is where we get, um, I mean, that's where Kairi Sane and Neo Shirai really like came to a Western. Well, point. that's what's so funny, yeah, because they're the Lotus Triad. Yeah. And they were with Emi Sakura. Yeah. And now Io and Kyrie are in WWE. Yeah. And Emi Sakura is in AEW. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Um, yeah, though, this match right but now... But I think if... Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. I can interrupt you. Okay. I was just going to say... Um, this... <laughs> sorry. Nope. You go ahead now, Bryson. I'm sorry. I won't interrupt <laughs> you. I was just going to say, um, with the original intent of what they wanted to do, they wanted to end up showing, star, uh, showcasing guys from AAA, from yeah. Stardom, from Shimmer, from like Independence and stuff. So they were basically, what they really, really wanted to do, which they were AEW before AEW was AEW, yeah. basically, is what yeah. I wanted to say. Because, I mean, you got guys like the Lotus Triad, you got guys like everybody coming from AAA, <laughs> you got guys like Brian Cage and everybody else who was just used to working for... Yeah. Per, uh, Indies, and then you got Chavo, who's a WWE reject. Yeah, this match is. I wouldn't consider him a reject, dude. He had like some decent shine in the WWE. Yeah, but the biggest title he ever won was the ECW title. I mean, he was a tag champ with with Eddie. Yeah, true. Uh, Blue Damon just did a a backbreaker. Big fan of backbreaker. Tilt World backbreaker. Great job. Love it. Five star match in my opinion. But Chavo (laughs) wasn't even really in the WWE for that long. No. And then later, I know um, Alberto Del Rio shows up. Yeah. As El Patron. Yeah. Because of uh, just the working relationships with uh, AAA at the time. He's in the next episode too. No, he doesn't show up until like he shows up pretty early. I know there's like because there's that whole thing with him and later him and Johnny Mundo, John Morrison. Johnny Impact. Well, he also has that thing There's with your beautiful Hernandez. desk cam slowly yeah. fading into so, perspiration. I'm so happy they only did that for a couple episodes. So, here's what they would do, and it made me mad. Um, they had, it looks like a GoPro that was Also, like, mounted. Also, just took the softest yeah. bump ever. That was, like, mounted, <laughs> pointing at the commentators. And it could have been a cool idea. However, like, when it's hot in there, you can't see the, the lights are super blown out. The camera doesn't look like that great quality. And they cut to this goddamn desk cam, and it makes me so mad. Yeah. And um, I don't know what it is. Also, I just noticed that the floor is extremely dirty. I was dirty. just going to say that. Yeah. They, and, they wanted uh, to have, like, that, af- yeah. that truly athletic feel. And their mat, their ring is loud. 
when they take their steps, you can hear it similar. Like Bryson brought it up with AEW, you can hear it really. Like you can hear their footsteps really like super loud. Um, it's the same thing here. You can hear everything. <laughs> it's super loud. It took them. I mean, with every with every TV show, there's growing yeah. pains, and it, the same with Lucha Underground. They, yeah. they it took a while for them to kind of really get rolling. And yeah. if, if for a, a, a big situation, I'd say it took them almost a couple seasons to really get going. Yeah. I would know because with how big um, these first two seasons are, because each season. I think between season one and season two, there's like seventy six episodes. Yes, it's insane. They must have had to have recorded like three episodes in one day. Yeah. That's what. The, yeah, they were doing like. Uh, Cause I, I think, think it was. You, God, I can't remember. You can tell. You can tell when they recorded the same episode in the same day because they have the band. Yeah. And they cut to the band every time. And usually it's like three or four episodes of the exact same band. Yeah, that's what they were saying. I think they were saying like they record like four episodes. I think uh, in yeah. 2014, it was, 2014, it was like yeah. two episodes Ooh, twice a week. That like it could have been yeah. rough. Um, uh, Chavo looked like he was going for a Rana from the top rope. Yeah. Uh, Blue Demon caught it, and he was kind of falling towards his face. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and luckily it was just a normal bump for yeah. Chavo. And now he's putting Chavo in a... Uh, looks like a cloverleaf kind of abdominal well, stretch. The- Oh, and he takes the grab of the arm that makes it almost into a bone arrow, so it's like a modified yeah. four leaf clover. Yeah. I guess it would technically, technically, since he's so uh, it's like an abdominal more, stretch, it would be um, an, sort of a, a lasso from El Paso. So the first match is, uh, like we said, Blue Demon and Chavo. Blue, Blue Demon, Demon one yep. on a scale of one to five, comparing this to like a just a normal TV wrestling match, not like a big pay per view or something like that. Uh, what would you rate that first two. match? Yeah, I was two. about to say I was give it a two, two right nine. now, and now it cuts to a vignette of yeah. Dario Cueto and Conan, a the biggest cancer in wrestling. Um, Conan, a lot of like backstage vignettes, like Bryson said, this was a TV show about wrestling, not a wrestling TV show. Um, kind of it's a tv show with wrestling yeah but all the stuff in the back um when i was watching this uh my fiance cassie came out and saw this and she was like are you watching a soap opera because it's filmed like a telenovela yeah um, it, that's kind of the plan which it's, is it's there awesome. was there's people like robert rodriguez who were yeah. um, producers in it and yeah. uh mark burnett who also is a big tv mainstay mm-hmm. um this is kind of what it was it was like a novella yeah with wrestling yeah. as like you know, a filler in between. I just think that one of the hardest things that Lucha had going against them is being on El Rey. Oh, yeah. If this would have debuted on Netflix, I think it would have been huge. I'm surprised Netflix, because it was on Netflix for a while. A while, yeah. But the thing thing was that this was before the time where Netflix was just basically picking up every TV show. Um, I still still just think that they could have done better as a streaming platform, because, like, dude... Nobody, nobody, nobody had, had El Rey. Like yeah. I, even when I had El Rey, it was so like Random. far into the catalog that wasn't even HD. Yeah. So like watching it free on two B TV, this is like true HD. Yeah. When I watched it, it was like fucking three sixty p. It was bad. Yeah. Um, and then and it doesn't help that El Rey has no original programming other than this. They just re show every fucking Danny Trejo movie ever made. Yeah. That's it's, really what it was. I think this was like one of, if not the only true original. El Rey. El Rey. Yep. Yeah, of like networking. Yeah, it was really cool. It's really like. It's but that's also cool. kind of why El Rey is basically dead now. They yeah. put all their eggs in that one basket, and it worked out for like two years. Yeah, it worked it out worked. solidly for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Also, when I first started watching the show, just in case like you're watching this, you're like, oh, this is kind of garbage. I it took me a minute to get used to the telenovela style stuff they were shooting in the back. Because I just wanted to see wrestling matches. Well, that's why when this but first came out, like I just watched the now, on YouTube. Now we see Johnny Mundo. 
Yeah, sponsor. also known as John Hennigan or John Morrison. John Morrison. Johnny he was Nitro, Johnny also, Impact, Johnny Major League. Let's yeah, see. Yeah, he is also the wrestler who was brought to you by Buckle um, because his pants. No, true religion. True religion. True religion. <laughs> I think Buckle just in general. Yeah, true um, religions and fucking what are those sunglasses? Uh, Lokes. <laughs> And now we have um, Prince Puma in the back. Prince Puma, the uh, Ricochet's yeah. favorite wrestler. Yeah, there we go. Ricochet's yeah. favorite wrestler. Line, He's yeah. currently doing some sort of He's doing kickboxing. Like, yeah, so I think the story is... Conan's his, like, manager. He's mm-hmm. from... They filmed this in Rancho Cucamonga. Uh, somewhere. No, it's, like, weird, like Whittier or something. Yeah. It's, like, close to downtown L.A. Sorry, yeah. So they said that Prince Puma's actually from that area. Um... It's Boyle Heights in the oh, show. Yeah, Boyle, Boyle Heights. Heights yeah, you. that's what they say. But he's it's from. filmed in Reseda. Yeah, because it's um, right by Legion Hall. Yeah, and they talk about how Prince Puma's whole like uh, spirit animal is a puma, and traces his whole mask heritage back to the Aztecs. Again, really heavy on this. Yeah, uh, Ricochet is not Spanish at all. Um, who? Yeah, Prince Puma. Prince is, Puma. Yeah, Prince shit. Puma. It's still real to me. Prince Damn it. Yeah. I know, I just killed Kayfabe right after telling you not to kill Kayfabe. Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn hypocrite. Um, yeah, so this guy, Prince Puma, who has the same tattoo as Ricochet, uh, he's having a, a zigzag. match with some guy doing a zigzag. Yeah. Missing future. a shooting star press. Kind of, I was t- almost head So is, yeah. is Prince Puma Dolph Ziggler? He might anyway. be, dude. I think he might be. <laughs> He's and like, then we have yeah. Conan. Conan's his trainer, his manager, his whole thing. But the one cool thing about Lucha Underground is without Lucha, we would have never had Ricochet yeah. in the WWE. Because also, everybody was like, yo, this guy Ricochet is a huge fan of Prince Puma. Yeah. He's got a pretty similar style inside this guy because Prince Puma, I'm pretty sure he moved down to Mexico to help El Generico. Yeah. yeah. Also, Ricochet, um, Ricochet has wrestled under a mask as well. Um, in I think it was Jakara, he wrestled yeah. in her mask as something of age. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I don't know how dude I'm I'm a fucking wrestling encyclopedia, don't dude, ask. Fucking smart. Anyway. Um I'm a smart mark, thank you. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's this just backstage <laughs> promo really trying to set everything up. I think like you can tell these people who made this show came from te- like came from the television background yeah. because you can like this show this episode just by itself is not a very expensive... They didn't take the time to make a belt, really. And their belt at the end, it looked okay. Uh, well, no, they, the reason they built the title that they show during the first season, yeah. the, the first parts of the season, for mm-hmm. a very specific reason. Yeah, but this sets up, like, good feuds. It built, It's really, like, just seeing how people respond to this episode. There's not really a lot of high stakes going on or anything like that. Well, yeah, it's an introductory episode. They're not going to premiere it and be like, oh, yeah, so the AAA Mega Championship's on the line right now. Yeah, Yeah. currently... Speaking of introduction episodes, this is where we get the first little taste of intergender wrestling. So, it's Son of Havoc versus Sexy Star, who is a piece of shit. Bryson, tell us why Sexy Star is a piece of shit. She shot on Rosemary and tried to break her arm because she felt like Rosemary was trying to take her position in AAA. Yep. This so she's what? an unsafe worker and got blacklisted. Triple Mania MMA fighter with two years ago? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, four years ago, 2016. Yeah. Um, That's why she got written out after the second season. Yeah. Um, whoops. Uh, but yeah, so she got blacklisted for trying to break Rosemary's arm. Has it everybody. Really been that long? Holy fuck. Yeah, dude. It and, felt and, like two years ago. And everybody, including guys like Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes, were all very forward by saying Sexy Star will never work in a promotion they're associated with. Because she shot on Rosemary because she was jealous. Yeah. So Sexy Star unmasked and became an MMA fighter, and she's currently like 0-13. Damn. 
Um, yeah, she's a she, yeah, she's a bully, but she's a fucking terrible worker. Yeah, and then going back to this is before Sexy Star sucked. Um, she does this backstage promo where oh those are lights those aren't bubbles. Yeah. Um, I thought she was underwater for some <laughs> dumb reason. She talks about how being a luchador allowed her to be to fight men, be get confidence that she felt like she never got, and she says that she felt like she she tried to take her life at some point. Very sad promo. She's basically just saying that the sexy star persona is what kept her alive. Yep. And now she wants to be a beacon for young women yeah. and everything, which is super hypocritical because she's a piece of shit. Just like Tessa Blanchard tweeting, all women should be nice to each other, knowing that she's a bully and a racist. Yep. Um, See, now she's talking about how she transferred everyone who doesn't need to be afraid anymore. It's just the typical underdog. Yeah. I'm fighting for you so you don't have to fight kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, she yeah, sucks. this... This is just, it's kind of, was this kind of an early, like, televised, at least, uh, intergender matches? Like, this was kind of an early adoption. Oh, yeah, this was a huge thing. It's yeah. like, yeah, because, I mean, the other, other only other alternatives on TV at the time yeah. were WWE. No, I'm talking about on TV. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about intergender wrestling. No, I, was like, no, no, just, I just mean, like, in a main stage. Because, like, right now, in intergender wrestling, like, a lot of people think, like, it should just be common because it's it's not that big of a deal. Well, it's like what? So, Sammy Callahan kind of put it perfectly last night when he was being interviewed. Yeah. Um, which is funny because he's... Um, he was being... It was just an impact interview. Okay. Um, which is funny because I'm pretty sure a double turn is going to happen tonight. I'm pretty sure Tommy, Sammy Zayn... Uh, Sammy Callahan... Fuck both those guys for having the same first name. Yeah. Um, Sammy Callahan and Tessa Blanchard are going to do a double turn tonight. Yeah. And I think Sammy Callahan's going to leave as a face. Huh. But like, because Tessa's a piece of shit. Yeah, but how can you be Sammy Callahan and be a face? Well, because last night, so last night he cut up, or he was interviewed. Yeah. Uh, about talking about Tessa, how he's breaking barriers by doing intergender and she's challenging for the title. Yeah. And he goes, listen, I don't want to, I don't, he's like, I don't care about intergender. Yeah. I don't care about that. I want to wrestle. Yeah. That's what he said. That's what, like, yeah. one of the first things he said after he won the title. He said, um, what we did wasn't intergender wrestling. It was, it was just wrestling. Wrestling. And then he Normalizing also, wrestling. Yeah. As we uh, are currently looking at, uh, what ended up happening was Son of Havoc cut a promo saying that uh, Sexy Star should not be wrestling. Yeah. And then she ended up walking out. Started a, It started a 10 count. She got up to like three or four. Waited yeah. till he turned his back. And then she came up and yeah. beat he, him in the... He cuts the, a promo saying, like, I'm not wrestling. He's above woman. intergender like, wrestling. That's like just, just really establishing, like how they're going to do intergender wrestling because this is like the audience is very first taste like for some people it might be their very first taste of seeing something like this oh um, yeah so well havoc. it's so funny because like they started this is supposed to like uh he uh son of havoc is also supposed to be a heel as yeah we have no proof of that oh okay <laughs> perhaps <laughs> um, it yeah. might possibly be matt cross yeah it was kind of it was kind of interesting with this first match though because i like later on in the seasons if you watch it son of havoc is super over well no it's like second episode in he becomes mad over because yeah. he saves ivalice he is super over throughout this whole like pretty much throughout this whole series. pretty much he's like the most over guy to never win the championship yeah and then bummer. but like this first episode he like garners so he's a much mad heel he's just yeah. like he's like i'm not doing intergender wrestling nah, nah, nah. um and then they just like were like, you know what? You're yeah. probably better off as a Well, flippy guys should never be heels unless yeah. they have like perfect character work. Yeah. Like Kevin why. Owens. Kevin Owens is a guy who can be This ref looks like he has perfect. no idea what the fuck he's doing. It's because the, that's Marty Elias or Marty Elias and he's a dork. Okay. Well he looks like he has um, no idea what's happening. Um But Yeah, oh, anyways, Sammy Callahan, he was being uh interviewed mm-hmm. about his match tonight and he's like oh. it's not intergender, it's actual wrestling. Well yeah. apparently Son of uh, Habit Son of just Habit. got the three uh, got the pin off a backbreaker. 
That's the shit. This is what you should see. love. Yeah. But, this um, is why we're But that was just like a normal backbreaker. It wasn't like anything yeah. special. She's a girl, dude. This is why he's proven that he doesn't want to wrestle him. Yeah. He's, yeah. dude, he's totally being a fucking, uh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and what? then we have our last, the main event for this, uh, first episode is Johnny Mundo versus Prince Puma. Um, very cool. We'll have some stuff to talk about. Pretty sure Johnny Mundo is also down in Mexico helping with orphans. See, yeah. why did, I, that's why I don't get why everybody doesn't love independent wrestling. They're all such good guys. When they retire, they all go down to Mexico to help They're small the children. The yeah, best. shout out to El Generico for starting the trend. Yeah, yeah dude. Um, Kevin Steen joined. Yeah, so then we have a backstage promo with a uh, backstage little vignette with uh, Chavo and Dario coming out. Dario saying, I signed you, your family, like, your family is great. What are you doing? Why'd you lose the first time? And just kind of reinforcing that he doesn't get the hundred thousand dollars to do a good job. <laughs> He's just like back- rubbing it in his face. For yeah, no their backstage is like covered in this whole place is supposed to look grimy. Everything's covered in graffiti. The areas like in the actual temple um, where it's not covered in graffiti has a shitload of lucha underground posters. Well, not everywhere. to mention just like everybody There's- looks like they're sticky. Yeah, and like greasy, and they look like yeah. I don't know, Matt Stryker looks like he just got done doing a bunch of cocaine beforehand. Dario Cueto looks like he puts an entire bottle of that Gorilla Goo gel in his hair. El moco de gorila. <laughs> yeah, and then Chavo looks like he just sprayed himself with fucking baby oil in his yeah. face. Yeah. Even though I can probably guarantee you that this vignette was shot like two weeks before the, the actual match. Probably. Yeah. Also, um, Chavo came out of the ring in a poncho. Very cool. Liked it a lot. Very cool. His warrior it's poncho. A, yeah, it said yeah. Guerrero on the front. Yeah. That's his warrior on the front. That says Guerrero on the back. Wait, why did it say Guerrero on the front when he was coming out? He wore it backwards. He wore it backwards? <laughs> <laughs> or the warrior might be the back. Who knows? Fucking. Anyway. Um, but yeah, just still doing a lot of backstage stuff, kind of getting you prepared for what, like this first episode is really showing people like how the rest of the show is going to go. And it's pretty cool. It's a lot of backstage Vignette stuff. It's an opening episode. It's yeah. like it's trying to introduce. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah you it's can't just, It's not AEW where they just jump into everything and don't tell you anything. Yeah, and they expect you this, to be in. They expect you to know everything. Yeah, and know every wrestler that's going to debut. These guys actually talk about it. Also, Johnny Mundo coming out with some very wet hair does not look good. Um, he's getting the. He's definitely doing the Roman Reigns thing right is now. That, is that gimmick infringement? He looks a lot like John Morrison. <laughs> I don't know, but any, uh, shout out to John Morrison for uh, being in a tag team with Miz. Yeah. Which uh, he has a match with Big E next week. Dude, That's so wild to think that he literally hasn't wrestled for the WWE in nine years. Yeah. And he's just Johnny Smackdown immediately. <laughs> oh. um, and now we have uh, Prince Puma coming out to the ring. Great man. Prince Puma's so dope, but his little ring cuffs that he wears yeah. are fucking dorky. Yeah. Um, they make me mad. What is that? Is that athletic tape on a, what's his name's arm? Conan's arm? Or is Probably. that like a random ass weird tattoo? Probably a random ass weird tattoo, dude. That's what all Conan's tattoos are. Yeah. Random ass weird fucking tattoos. Oh. Whoa, for this first episode, Conan does not come to the ring nope. with Prince Puma. He watched him from afar. Um, in the future episodes, he's right in his corner. He doesn't really intervene that much that I've seen. He more just, like, shouts out, like, what to do. Um, Prince Puma looking great. Also, this match, which is Johnny Mundo versus Prince Puma, yeah. led to them having an amazing match at Battle of Los Angeles the next year. They had really good matches here, too. Oh, yeah, like, they have amazing matches here. Yeah, there's a 
it's weird because this is kind of like face versus well Johnny Mundo he is Johnny. well Johnny Mundo started off as a face yeah in this he's a face yeah they're both in this faces match, and this, and this match, is supposed to just faces. be a match of like respect and this is like a really good main card match to have for your first show yeah. like because they're both like they're both baby faces you can both still react to them because they're both flippy dudes um really cool uh hey Johnny Mundo get cool it with a bedazzler please Please cool it with a That's the only thing I've never liked about Johnny Morrison, Johnny Thunder, Johnny Nitro, John whoever the fuck yeah. is his goddamn ring gear. It's gotten better over the years. Didn't he also there was a period of time where he doesn't he not wear that same ring gear at one point in Lucha Underground? After he throws like uh El Patron through Dario Cueto's office. I don't know, dude. I haven't watched I have to rewatch it. But Spoiler, sorry. sorry. It's just his ring gear is so bad. It's I'm just back. Like, it's just like Hiromu Takahashi's. I'm not a fan of ah, I the love pants Hiromu's. with the food fruit boots. They're cool. The what? Her <laughs> uh, ring gear, where he has like time bomb written all over, like that. That's cool. Back. I'm talking about the style of the pants. Yeah, okay, makes sense. The pants themselves are. It not, looks like a. He looks lamp. like he is at the club wearing apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. Yeah, and the whole oh, club. I thought you were talking about her. Prince Puma. No, because no. I was going to say Prince Puma's tights just look like a lava lamp. No, those are fine. The, but the style of pants that John Morrison's wearing, he looks like he. Dude, he just finished getting a tan session at the Jersey Shore. He looks like yeah. He just looks like. He left a Creed concert and it made a big impact on him. John Morrison could honestly <laughs> with the horns wide open. Cause like it, it's weird because he wears kick pads under the pants. Yeah. Why not just wear tights that go into the kick pads and the fucking wrestling boots? Yeah. Dude, that bugs me. That's so his bad. fucking gimmick, dude. That's why he's him. Nobody else is dressing like him. Nobody else also in general in human life is dressing like him either. He also didn't have a very big beard back then. This um this match kind of a beard. This match um. Just starts off pretty slow. A lot of hand holding, arm drags. Well, it's just a feeling out match. Yeah, I mean, you can't have, you can't have face going against face and then yeah. just starting off beating the shit. Yeah, out of but each that's other. just what I'm saying. It's just starting off like building up a lot of uh, kind of like people are standing up already. Back and well, yeah, forth. because yeah. they're both super athletic, and it's funny because there's like a ten year gauge gap, uh, gauge age gap between the two. Gauge yeah. gap, gauge, gauge gap, gap. Uh-huh. a gay app. There's a ten age, ten year gay app between them, but um. Because Johnny Morrison, or Johnny Mundo, whatever, he's like 41 or 42. Really? Yeah, he's, he's pretty old. old, bro. Damn. And he looks as good as he does. Yeah. I really think he needs to have a match with uh, Drew McIntyre at some point soon. <laughs> because they have that match. Well, I don't even know how like in-depth his signing with the WWE is. Maybe yeah. he's just like getting ready to do a producer, because he is old. Yeah. He's 40. 40. I can see him maybe trying to go to like a trainer. Does he have training experience? Mm, he has a wrestling ring in his backyard. I don't yeah, know if that that's true. Says, if that but he's also like, I saw he's a solid guy to like help train the next generation because he's got the parkour style. Yeah, he understands. He's done all the he's done all the like indie Ooh. promotions. He's worked for basically every other major promotion rather other than Ring of Honor and New Japan. Yeah, uh, Prince Puma <coughs> doing that cool thing that uh, Ricochet does where he does the superhero the, landing. Yeah, the, he does the, the, yeah the faint because the, superheroes are real. I'm Ricochet. Yeah, I'm just so happy he's not pushing that narrative on Raw anymore. That's so corny. It's still because they realize it's almost as bad as fucking when Vince McMahon wanted to turn Neville into Mighty Mouse. It's still a goddamn. It's still in his goddamn Twitter bio. I 
hate it. Is it really? I think so. I yeah. hope not. I'm going to go fact check you. No, I think now. it's just his name. Oh, is it just his name on Because it's like WWE's resident superhero. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, it bugs Get me. Get that shit out He's, of there. Dude, Ricochet is coming very close to reaching Je- uh, Seth Rollins' levels of corny. I'm yep. Sure. I honestly that's, think that's his actual no. It, it, his his name on Twitter is WWE's resident superhero. Yeah, yeah. it's bad. And then oh, um, on his bio, it has hashtag superheroes are real. Oh, hey, real quick. Um, Courtney. Somebody forgot to mention this match right now. Kind of slow. Um, NXT UK Takeover happened today. Blackpool. It was great. It was great. It was a good. The ending. Fucking awesome. We can't talk about it because Berto hasn't watched it yet. Well, we already did, but... Because he decided not to. Because he decided he wanted to be a dildo and not come watch it live. Yeah, I'm not going to wake up on a Sunday at 8 or 9 a.m. to watch wrestling. You could have wake up at 9.30, thrown on a pair of joggers, brush your teeth, and come over. Don't you live like three blocks away? Yeah. No. He lives like six blocks away. Yeah. <laughs> he lives less than two miles away from here. Yeah, I yeah. went to bed at like... 3 a.m. Okay. Um, I went to sleep at like 4. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I also need my fucking beauty sleep. All right? Hey, you went to a party last night. I don't want to hear it. I didn't go to a party. It was Kelsey's. I saw the, I saw your Instagram. It was a kickback, and we ended up going to round one later. It's a party. It's not a party. Okay, kickback and a party. party are the same thing. Sure. No, it's not. It's anyway. just different terminology for the same thing. If you're hanging out with one you guys, Did Kelsey have a birthday cake? Yeah. It was a party, goddammit. Okay. If you get a cake, it's a party. <laughs> exactly. Uh, according to Bryson. Um, According to the world. But anyway, no, so uh, NXT Stay UK mad. Uh, takeover was very cool. Uh, there was a women's triple threat match. Pretty cool. Um, Walter won. Great. Love him. Good Spoilers. Job. Who cares? You know what? No. If you don't stay up on it and you are not watching NXT UK on a Sunday. <laughs> on a Sunday. You don't have anything else going on. Watch TakeOver. True. Uh, I'm going to go. six listeners are doing anything? No. Sorry, hundreds of thousands. Sorry, six six hundred thousand. My bad. Um, so that was sick. Ricochet did like kind of a enziguri, enziguri, and uh, kicked. <laughs> Johnny Mundo oversold the fuck out of it and yeah. threw himself out of the ring. Kicked him straight. And blinded ended up not hitting the fucking ring mats outside. That is kind of sketchy. There's no ring mats. Like there, there's just like one yeah. row of ring mats, and then it's just straight concrete. Oh yeah, that's why. There's some shit that's happened. Like when. Uh, I think it was Jack Evans went for a 6.30 senton yeah. to the outside. He missed and just straight smacked concrete. Yeah. Also, one thing about Lucha Underground, look for any sort of a helico match in the first season. It's so cool. He, he just flings himself out of tall there, so structures. In the, in, the build, in the temple, there's like a little section where there's an office space, and he used to get on top of it. He would The match would basically fall out of the ring. He'd get on top of it eventually. He'd sit up there for a while, and then when you least expect it, he'd dive. Probably. Yeah, this good, is legitimately like fifty feet up. It's a good. Yeah, it's a good, good height. It's probably yeah, thirty to forty. Yeah, thirty to forty feet. He would That's dive so from the top of this structure all the way to the ring, oh. which is also probably like a fifteen foot gap, yeah. ten foot gap, somewhere yeah. around there. He Imagine Brock Lesnar jumping off the top of that tractor to Big Show in two thousand three, and it was twice that deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> Only only old head wrestling fans will know. Yeah. Also, this week, I'd like everyone to, for homework, go watch uh, William Regal versus Cassius Ono from 2013. It was a very cool match. Very cool match. They gave this in NXT, match. right? Yeah. They gave this match a good amount of time. This is probably like a 20-minute match. Yeah. Ish. I would say so. Yeah. Well, I mean, with ads, it was probably longer. It was probably like... They, I don't even think there's been an ad on this episode yet. Is no, there? Well, no, they, they have ad breaks, but they, like, yeah. whether it's on the app or not, like, yeah. there, there hasn't been commercials. But yeah, if you notice, like after certain vignettes, they, they would cut into like the logo, which yeah. would then be their ad break, yeah. and then yeah, cut yeah back they actually the- don't show commercials, which is super sick. That's why everybody should get Tubi. 
to yeah, watch Lucha Underground because, like, they have these ad break slots, Ooh. but sometimes there's usually only, like, I mean, this episode, I don't think there has been a commercial There's at all. A, there has not been a single commercial. There's also then, a, lot of, a lot of stuff on Tubi. There's, like, a Stone Cold Steve Austin movie. There's also... Yeah, there's a bunch of pretty cool shit to watch. Is it the Condemned watch. one? I don't know which one it is, but there's a bunch of, like, wrestling-related... There's, like, documentaries about the hearts. There's a couple things yeah, on there. Yeah, Tubi it? pretty much now is Netflix in 2014. It has, like, a lot of wrestling stuff. It's got a lot of titles to it. And like yeah. I said... I'm fine with watching a 15-second commercial yeah. if that means not paying another $10 a month for a fucking yeah. service. Yeah. I already have too many of them. Dude, honestly, that's, like, my one gripe with Hulu is, like, sure, I pay for the student version, yeah. but, dude, there's, like, fucking five ads for yeah. a Imagine, TV show that's, like, not even 30 minutes long. Imagine paying 60 bucks a month and still having to deal with fucking live TV commercials because I have live TV through Hulu. Yeah, Just don't watch the live TV, then. I have to for wrestling and shit. AEW... I mean, I don't, I don't need to watch ads, and I'm watching AEW. I I watch it live, so I can too. Well, yeah, because you don't support the product, you steal the product. Still, yeah, they make enough money. (laughs) I don't think they're gonna lose out of me. (laughs) Either way, dude, we're gonna buy tickets. I already, I already have paid for my NXT Portland ticket, so I'm going to NXT Portland. Um, in a few weeks, and then yeah, we're I'm gonna go watch. To go to that too. Are you flying? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna fly. How much was your ticket? No, I haven't bought the ticket yet. Oh. If you want, if you want, jump on. Um, they're only 150. They're less than 150 for the tickets. For the, for no, well, for the ticket. Oh, for the flight. For the okay. flight. Okay, yeah. But um, I well, we uh, I already paid for the NXT Portland ticket through Chris. So How much was it? It was like 120. Oh, that's not bad. Are you guys getting good seats? And he said like ninth row. He that's sent me the screenshot. I'll look it up right now. Well, dude, did I? Did you ever look at the Maverick Center tickets for AEW? I have you not. Like if you look at the thirty, so the thirty dollar ones that I was showing you or telling you about, mm-hmm. it's sectioned right in a place where it's literally like the seventh row back from the ring. Yeah. And it's just this little tiny section of like twelve seats. Huh. That's a thirty dollar set price, and um, they're only thirty bucks. Damn. Is it camera side or is it... Um, no, it's opposite of the, it's it's uh, So the camera side's on that side. Uh, they have all the ring shit right here, and it's on the back of this ring. So it's the opposite side of the um, entrance or to the um, ring. Yeah. Um, I'll have to look. You'll have to send me the link so yeah, I can I'll, look at the map. Let me just pull it up. I would assume that they don't tell you what... Um, what the opposite of camera side is, unless you look oh, at Oh, no, the they ticket. straight up show where the... Do um, they say, like... Camera mm-hmm. on this side, so then obviously people they're gonna start probably selling more tickets of the opposite of the camera side, so they so that way it looks full. Um. So real quick, uh, this is breaking news. <laughs> Marty Scroll has signed to ROH and is now taking on head of booking. Wow. What? Yeah, an hour ago, according to Fightful. Also, Nick Aldis showed up at the pay per view and attacked Marty Scroll because they have the whole N- the NWAB. But yeah. So NWA has working relations with ROH right now. Yeah, yeah, because Marty Scurll showed up with at to NWA at their right, NWA. but he also was not. Yeah, he yeah. was still technically a free agent. Yeah, so he's re-signed with Ring of Honor, and he's going to take on lead booking duties. Interesting. I wonder how. I wonder if now he's going to start working more on the villain enterprises stuff and try to just rebuild the elite because like he is a bit. He's a big draw. 
He's a pretty big, like, he's he's top merch seller in pro wrestling tees most of the time. Like, he has a huge following, so, like... <coughs> for Ring of Honor, he's probably their biggest merch seller, for yeah. sure. Oh, no doubt. I could see it becoming... All of Villain Enterprises, I feel like, are yeah. probably the top well, sellers they, there. They sold their stuff. They I was wanted to buy one of the Villain Enterprises hoodies because I thought they were super cool, but um, they sold out super quick. And they did a pop-up shop in L.A., too. Um, but, yeah, so Puma does a double knee to John, Johnny Mundo. Um, goes for the pinfall, uh, two count, kicks out. Cuts back to the desk cam. Hate the desk cam. Hate it so much. Yeah, uh, starting to get sweaty. Matt Stryker spits getting on there. Disgusting. Also, some cameramen real close. Um, some cameramen are standing on the ring apron very close to Prince Puma. Um, holding on to the cable, which was weird. Yeah, they, I don't think that's like the best way of, of going about it. No. Ooh. Yeah, uh, Johnny Mundo uses his tri- uh, moonlight drive, which kind of like he, I don't know how to explain It's like it. a swinging neck, break- a neck yeah. breaker with like, it's like a one-handed swinging neck breaker, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's really cool though. Um, he got the near fall. It's crazy how like into the match these people are, but also you see like some old, looks to be like straight in front of the camera. There's an abuelo and an abuela. Standing Spanish fly. Sitting right there. So sick. And then he's going for the end of the world. Oh, no. Hits the end of the world. And Johnny Mundo wins. I don't think that move should be a finisher. That's why he stopped using it after the first season. I want to talk about finishers. He does. If you do a finisher that damages someone's abs or their chest, realistically, you should be able to push it and kick out. Unless you're like holding them with like their legs above, like if you have them pinned in like a roll up type position and they can't kick out, that would make sense. But when you just hit someone with your head on their stomach and then hold them, realistically, you should. If I get punched in the stomach, I can kick out after a two count. If you, someone tries to pin me, psychology, Drew. Psychology. <sighs> Hate you. Um, so. Do you want me to just wrap up the episode? Yeah. So what happens is Dario Cueto comes out and says, this main event match, you guys should probably split the $100,000, but it's not happening because Dario Cueto's a heel. So then, um, what's his name? Big Rick. Big Rick, who is a big man, a big, big man. He was Ezekiel Jackson in the WWE. Okay. I didn't know he had a WWE background. Yeah. Yeah. This is like right after he got fired. uh, He was part of the core. Yeah. He was part of the core. Then he was also... When William Regal won King of the Ring, yeah. he, him and, uh, I wanted to say Rusev, but it's not Rusev, it's the other fucking Russian dude they used to have. Uh, uh Kozlov. Kozlov. Yeah. yeah, but Vladimir Kozlov. Yeah. Speaking of Rusev, he's bringing back the Bulgarian brew. Brute gimmick. This week on Monday Night Raw. I'm kind of excited to see if, how that match goes. Like, I knew he was bringing back the gimmick when he brought back his shitty goatee. Yeah. That's how you knew he was. So, I just realized that we didn't even cover NXT or AEW. That's okay. Was, we don't yeah. really need to. Um, and New Japan's more important. Uh, <laughs> New Japan's better. Wrestling is better. Um, so, Dario Cueto opens up the briefcase, offers it to Johnny Mundo, and then says, you don't get it. Sorry, bud. Um, and Johnny's like, dude, give it to me. Dude, yeah. dude. And then Big Rick and the crew, which the crew... Um, Cortez and Castro. Cortez and Castro, if you will. Um, just imagine... A two fools. Just literally two like fools. your yeah. like your stereotypical fool... Like bandana, yeah. dickies, uh, long dickies. dickies, high white socks, yeah. Nike Cortezes. Yeah, so they um, they jump bald. Both, yeah, they jump both Prince Puma and, Prince Puma and uh, Johnny Mundo, and then we got uh, Big Rick coming out, um, and basically Dario Cueto says, "You guys don't get the hundred thousand dollars. 
um, these guys do, and just starts ba- like establishing that he is a heel and that he's willing to have um, people fight his battles for him, which comes up. And it's funny because they did the Shattered Machine way before. Yeah. Uh, Revival cool. did the revival. Yeah, this um, was 2014. The revival wasn't even a tag team until yeah. like 2016. Until yeah. late 2015. Um, yeah. So overall, though, I think this as a first introductory episode for people really good. They used backstage vignettes as a way of like really establishing that. They also had commentary cover everything. Especially, um, I remember noting it during the first match. They really take the time to outline who these people are in commentary. Um, See, yeah, that's that's what like I said. That's a that's always been a very positive thing for. Um, Lucha Underground is that they've always done a really good job of explaining who is debuting. Yeah. And not to mention, like, every time somebody debuts, that doesn't mean they're going to win automatically or going to push. Yeah. Like when Justin Gabriel, who's now... Uh, Darewolf. The Darewolf PJ Black. Yeah. yeah. When he debuted, he lost his first match. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's always been a strong showing of Lucha Underground, is yeah. that they've done a very good job of explaining who these people are. Yeah. So, Lucha Underground sick. If you want to check it out, uh, feel free to. If you want to watch this episode, uh, or if you want to just go on to the second episode because we spoiled everything for you, basically, um, feel free to do so. If you like this episode, uh, follow us on Twitter, at Ringo Bernables. Uh Follow us on any podcasting app. Uh, rate and subscribe if you can. If you are on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. Um, Thanks, guys. Sure to knock on yep. the door. Here. Goodbye.